Bright Suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle, the beginning. <laughs> So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect. So this is where the fun begins. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is madness. What did Lisa say? Join the conversation with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars friends! Hey, what's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Merrin, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. And joining me on this post-Mando Monday episode of the Star Wars Friends are my Star Wars friends. This is Josh, and I have one question for you guys. Is it Friday yet? <laughs> Can't wait. If only. I'm All right. Uh, this is Justin, and I love random figure finds when I walk into a store for things that I've been looking for. Makes you Ooh. feel good. Okay. We all. This is Kyle, and I am still kind of concerned about who's feeding baby Yoda. He spent an entire episode searching for food. Yeah. Well, I got your answer right here, Kyle. I know that people can't see us on the audio podcast, but I'll do a little foley here. That's oh, right, baby. Cereal. A little bit of cereal. that uh, General Mills Star Wars The Mandalorian Disney Plus breakfast cereal. It's marshmallow um, goodness. It's a lot like kicks to me. kind of is. Well, hang on. It's, it's hang on. This is what green marshmallow so, heads. Here, hang on. This is, what, this is what the child's eating. You hear that crunch? It's delicious. Are, are the little oh, are the yeah. little yellow pieces eggs and the green pieces frogs from season one? <laughs> Stop. Stop. You're killing me. Don't even go there. Um, okay, now that I got a mouthful of... I think yes. I think yes, it is. <laughs> now that I got a mouthful of kicks, uh, let's get back to track here. All right. So, Kid Justin... mother approved, man. You mentioned... Uh, approved. You mentioned random figure finds. So, do you mean Sedan Athano? You found a random Sedan Athano no. or a random Commander Cassian Andor? It was Andor? a Constable Zuvio. Been looking for that guy forever. Oh, yes, one of one of the rarest of rare and most desired <laughs> figures in the Star Wars line, Constable Zuvio. And actually, that's what this entire episode of Star Wars Friends podcast is going to be about: is Constable Zuvio character and his impact on the Star Wars. Yeah, character study. <laughs> Deep dive. Although Zubio. I will say, he keeps his people keep popping up in every episode. Yeah. He was there was a, a guy in episode two in the Fight Club with the the big hat on. 
in there. Uh, so they keep there was up. one in uh, this. Actually, I read an article where someone did call that character Constable Zuvio. And I really would think that Disney Plus would roll out a full press release if they actually had Zuvio in yeah. The Mandalorian. I mean, beloved fan favorite Constable, Constable Zuvio. Zuvio. <laughs> so I don't even know what species that is. Anyways, <laughs> that's what this episode is going to be like tonight. The Zuvio Power Hour, baby. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, we're here to have a little bit of fun. We're we're doing a little bit of a deep dive on Chapter 9 and 10 of The Mandalorian Season 2. Very excited to hear Kyle's thoughts on Chapter 9. He did uh, was unable to join us for the Razorcrest React show, but we're here to, to dive into that. And we got, as you know, we got a lot of stuff we want to cover quick. But of course, I'm going to hit you with it. Oh, right off the rip. Right off the rip. Got a lot of tweets over the last week about Celebration because they dropped that sweet, sweet Celebration merch. And we got a lot of people with that F-O-M-O, the FOMO, right? That's what they call it? Yeah. I don't know who they is, but that's the thing you could call it. I just call it depression. (laughs) I call it uh, Celebration Depression. But hey, we're here to to raise it, uh, raise the roof. Right? That's that's also what old people say. Uh, Celebration Countdown, 92 weeks and seven days as of that, the recording of this podcast. That would be 93 weeks. It's 92 weeks and one day, Chris. Why did, who wrote seven? <laughs> <laughs> did I write seven? That was not uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Like I said, it's a Zuvio power hour, so anything goes wow. today. We don't have any rules. Some good math um, right there. <laughs> one day All and right. 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well hey we're gonna be there and uh, i'm very excited to to venture out there for for i you know kyle and i talked on the last razor crest reacts or maybe we didn't do it on the show maybe pre-show d23 is a week after Star Wars Celebration. And there is a very good possibility. I spend two weeks out in California. And I know our Star Wars friend, Stephen Ray Morris, and I have already been talking about uh, some things that we can do while we're out there. So very excited about that. But there is there's a pretty good possibility I'm going to D23 too. Um, we shall see. I don't know if I'm going to stay in the flagship hotel for two weeks. That seems a little... Uh, pricey, a little intense. Pricey. <laughs> yeah, might might hit up a um, Airbnb for a couple <laughs> right. days. <laughs> yeah, right. It might not work out so well. Or I might go to Vegas for a couple days and get a cheap hotel out there, there and, and then ride back. So that could be possible, but we'll see. Uh, all I know is that celebration is in ninety two weeks, ninety three weeks, or ninety two weeks in a couple days. Whatever it is, it's not very close. So. Uh, I am still excited about it. I'm still ready to rock about it. I think the one thing I was thinking about the other day when it comes to celebration is not only all the people we'll get to hang out with and all the fun we're going to have, but it should be hovering right around the Taika Waititi movie announcement. And I am very, very excited to see where that goes. I don't know what saga Taika is going to cover. I mean, I know that Star Wars is super high on the High Republic right now. So could be a High Republic movie. Who knows? Scoop. What is it? I got a scoop. You got a scoop? Yeah. Is it two scoops? One scoop? It's it's, it's, one, it's just one scoop. It's, Let's hear it. The, the movie is actually going to be about um, four droids who live in a flat in New Zealand. <laughs> Sold a flat. I would probably watch that. Means, that. <laughs> uh, that means apartment for uh, right. our U.S. listeners. Sold. Sold. I'm there. 
I'm there. Maybe they'll have movie theaters at that time. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> what is that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's been a long, long time. Uh, last movie I saw in the theater was Birds of Prey, but uh, that was a good one to see. Mine was what Bad Boys a good movie. 3. <laughs> well, hey, watch out now. Uh, actually, it's Taika Waititi is directing Bad Boys 4, a Star Wars story. Uh, they are making imagine? a Bad Boys 4, so don't play around. Oh my god! Of course they are. <laughs> so. Would you want to see Will Smith in a in a Star War? Yes. Um, no, because I right don't next think to that, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You know, that's an interesting question because Will Smith is a versatile actor. I love Will Smith's career. I have no issues with his uh, his his movie choices or anything like that. Comedy, drama, guy's pretty solid all around. But he did not do, fare very well in Suicide Squad, uh, which was a character. Uh, feature. No one really did. Let's be honest. That Suicide Squad movie was pretty Yeah, that lame. thing was a, that was a hot turd. But that was the last like big action movie, other than Bad Boys, that he was in. And I don't know if I'd want to see him in Star Wars. Can you imagine how come he don't want me, man, in Hatties? <sighs> in Hatties? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Is he talking to Zuvio? Maybe Will Smith is Zuvio. Maybe <gasps> we've speculated wow. about this. Kathleen Kennedy. Constable. Kathleen Kennedy. We've speculated that she might have had a secret cameo at some point in time. Could she have donned the Zuvio cap? Mm. I don't know. The room, the silence speaks volumes. It is a thing that is possible. See, the gears are turning. The (laughs) gears are turning. I love it. It, Or it's not impossible. Maybe we'll see Kathleen Kennedy cosplay Zuvio at Celebration 2022. And... uh, if you would like to bet on that, please contact me directly. <laughs> I will take that bet. Uh, well, hey, when we are at Celebration 2022, we might be sporting some merch from the Celebration that wasn't, which they do have. If you're uh, if you're browsing the interwebs, you're sitting on your mobile yep. device, we do have a link that we're going to post on Star Wars Friends Show Social, but you should be able to find it pretty easily for the Celebration merch store that we finally, finally, finally got all the merch dumped that we were uh, hoping for months ago. And it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty hit and miss. I think that the stuff that hits on here is really good. And I think the things that miss are definitely not for me if they are. You know, here's the thing about, you know, celebration merch. It's pretty it's pretty wide variety. It does cover a lot of bases. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think the one thing collectively Star Wars fans have embraced and this is a positive. So this is definitely uh, speaking well, of the Star Wars fan community. Mostly everyone's embraced pins. Um, pin culture is so huge right now. And I will tell you that I've gotten like very poor feedback on the pins. And even me just looking at the pins, I don't like the designs. Uh, they don't do anything for me. I know that they were going for a stylized look with the the triangle bottom, but fan-made pins, you know, they, I think. Fan- oh, they're so much yeah. better. Yeah. Fan-made pins are, are really the way to go. And there's so many independent shops that you can support. Not like I'm saying don't support Star Wars. If you like it, go ahead. But there are so many independent makers out there who really produce high-end stuff. Yeah. And I think that the, well, the pins are kind of weak. Like the designs just aren't great. I agree with right. that. But I think the fact that there was no actual celebration hurt the pin trade too, because that's a big part of it is at the convention, you you get the blind bags, oh, and you, yeah. get, you mm-hmm. get uh, duplicates and you trade with people and you trade with staff. And that's a, 
you know, I think people are inclined to do that and they kind of get into pins through that. I did. But just to order them online. You got you through know, Celebration? Yeah. Yeah. I think that I probably got into pins through that and, and at the Disney parks too, which is a yeah, similar yeah. situation. Yeah. But uh, I think that was probably hurt by that hurt the pin sales, I'll bet, by just being online. Yeah. And there were, I mean, I think the, the animated ones that they've had, what, the last year, last two celebrations or so were widely popular. And I understand kind of trying something new and going a different route. I get it, you know, but uh, the, I just was not a huge fan of them. I did see somebody post, though, that they got their Stormtrooper pin. So they Ooh. are shipping. They did receive it. Um, Consolation prize. Yeah. If you rolled mm-hmm. your if you rolled your ticket over to 2022, you receive a Stormtrooper pin. Um, and apparently they must be going out now. So and I did. Okay. I did reach out there. You know, all their merch goes up Friday for those who had tickets to the event. And then for everybody else, I think it's a week later. Um, it's is it Monday or Friday a week later? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's three days after our yeah. ticket ticket holders get it. Yeah. So. so I think I think it's that Monday. But they're they everything goes up. They released everything all at once, which was, I found kind of odd because they said, "Well, we're going to release stuff all throughout the year." They did that first release, and then they dumped yeah, everything in agreed. this one and said, "Here you go. Here's everything." Agreed. Um, and I, I did reach out to them because I had pre-ordered the lanyard and a patch, and they got back to me and they said, "Yes, that's still on there." And, and I think the lanyards are actually on the site for Friday, so oh. I'm, I'm guessing they just got them in. So if you had those pre-ordered, those will be coming out soon. Um, Good tip. But the the fan art badges, which everybody loves. Um, from celebration, yeah. the shirts that they have this year are actually pretty good. I thought they were pretty nice, like the Ahsoka shirt, um, the Mall shirt, the Mandalorian, the Child shirt. All of the the card art shirts look pretty good. Yeah, some of the shirts are real good. Some of them are misses. I will tell you the most bizarre thing on here, and I don't know if if y'all feel the same way. Are those stylized roll plushies? I like. Have those. you seen yeah, those? I like them, like the Chewie what? and the. I don't yeah, know what the other one was. I'm not Tauntaun, into those. Maybe? Those are weird looking. Um, is that like a thing? Or do those exist in other uh, IPs? I've never seen anything like that before. They look wild. I don't know, but these Squishmole uh, ones are like, like the one behind me are really popular. So I mean, it, it doesn't surprise oh, okay. me. Okay, is that the one okay. from Costco? Yeah, yeah. There's this one and yeah. the, the child one that are both exclusive to Costco. Um, but yeah, you know, like the Tauntaun slippers, I'm picking those up. Those are great. Yeah. If you're into the child, those backpacks are fantastic. The spirit jersey is really cool. I am going to pick up the the standard uh, New Hope spirit jersey that they have, which is cla- – I love spirit jerseys. I'm a huge Disney spirit jersey collector. So that's kind of cool, you know, but really nothing on here that is like crazy, crazy, but – you know, like I, I'm going to get my first Tiki set. The Mandalorian and Child Tiki is actually at a pretty affordable price point, 40 bucks. And so I'm definitely going to pick that up. My first Tiki set ever. I think they dropped everything at once because enough of us bitched on Twitter about the piss poor first drop. I'd, I'd like to think uh, that maybe. maybe they listened to us, but maybe that's not true. But if we don't know, I'm that's what I'm just going to I'm going to put it up to that and say that that's yeah, just that's what happened. Um, right. My number one thing that I definitely I w- I 
I was thinking about getting the pins anyway, but um, I'm definitely getting that um, Imperial uh, like Hoth hockey jersey, the Veers hockey jersey. Oh yeah, that's yeah. dope. I'm, yeah. That it I'll be, be on the, the first thing I put in my car. That's funny. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's funny. <laughs> I do like that Boba Fett windbreaker. Mm. That lo- that looks it's nice. too plain um, for me. Yeah, I'm not gonna get it, but I do like it. I'm not getting the space slug mug. Uh, if you were in Celebration Chicago last year, they had a mug with a porg in the bottom. Super cute. But um, this space lug doesn't really look too cute and doesn't look like anything I'd want to drink personally. Um, if you look at the That's image. the one that like comes up out of the coffee or beverage or whatever as you drink it. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one that's got the Millennium Falcon in it. That's pretty cool. That's fun. Yeah, that's fun. There's a lot on here, though. So, I mean, listen, if you have a ticket, go ahead and get get on that website. Get what you want. If you want the Darth Vader spirit jersey, hot tip, it's already available on ShopDisney.com. So, you do, do not need a ticket for Celebration to pick that up. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Get, get your merch on and uh, make it happen. So, speaking of merch... It's Mando Mondays. What is this? Week three of Mando Mondays? Week four? Week five? Seems like an eternity. Um, They have definitely cashed in on this one. Um, We have literal weeks worth of of product drops here. And I know I've spent uh, an embarrassing amount of money on brand new figures because they've really put out some fantastic figures. Um, You know, they, they went as crazy as having like a Thomas Kincaid painting. Which, if if any of you are familiar with Thomas Kincaid, how they got him to do a Star Wars mudhorn print is absolutely wild. So they got everything on here. Anything you would want from bags to keychains, magnets to shoes. I spent a crazy amount of money on Adidas shoes. Justin, I actually um, didn't order just one pair. Oh, I got two. Um, I may have gotten four pairs. (laughs) Um, So, uh, however, (laughs) caveat is... Caveat is two of them are Christmas gifts. So, ah, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, had to get that out of the way. I really, you know, I am pleased. Chris, as much- how'd you get my size? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so, I will say, I will say that I'm much happier with the Adidas release this time around versus yes. the Boba Fett release. Yeah. My God. Um, does that Boba Fett release a disaster? That was bad. Got the shoes but- I wanted in my size. Didn't like worry about it running out. It was great. Yeah. It was awesome. It was up there for a couple hours. He's up there yeah. at least for yeah. two or three hours. Uh, one of the things that came out today was the, or I'm sorry, uh, this week for the Mando Mondays drop was the Star Wars Black Series Mandalorian electronic helmet. Now, I don't think anyone on the show right now picked that up, correct? No. I thought, not I thought Maggie yet. did. Maggie did, but she's not on tonight. But yeah, she she ended up getting hers. 120 bones. She blamed for that us. Bad boy. Yeah, she corrupt, did must have corrupted her. <laughs> it's got the it's got that detachable flashlight though. Maybe like it's like that's actually extra, useful. That's the extra twenty dollars. That's the twenty bucks of, right oh, there. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of the other things they've dropped are full size cutouts of Cobb Vanth. They have uh, Regal Robot has their Bantha magnet, which is kind of cool. There's all types of like Diamond Select toys, plushies. Mm-hmm. There's a Build a Bear, Mandalorian Build a Bear. There are decals, there's bicycles, there's, I don't know, Legos. I mean, literally everything. There's crayons. There's a crayon Nerf set. guns. <laughs> yeah. Nerf guns. This yes. is just crazy, man. They, uh, they dropped a Target exclusive Black Series Remnant Trooper. 
That's right. This week too, and I was able to score one of those. So that's right. Yeah, I mean, so if you're into if you're into the Mandalorian, uh, you know, Mondays are pretty dangerous territory. It's it's pretty pretty dangerous. I've definitely have spent some some coin on these drops, but I am waning. You know, the the first week was real hot because it was all the Hasbro drops, and then now it's just like. Here's some chewed bubble gum, and it kind of looks like the child. It's like forty five fifty plus shipping. And you're like, oh, okay, no I don't know. I, I will say that was pretty wild that they like. How often do you see them like any IP release a Funko Pop of a scene from the show like the yes. week it comes out, like the That's Baby Yoda yes. with the egg canister? I was like, how how is that already coming out? That like that yeah. episode just aired. Yes, that was. That I was thought cool. that same thing. That is impressive. Yeah. Yeah, they, they do. Might have had you know, some insight. I've, I've got yeah. a question about that. Yeah, do you guys are are we going to get not not we like the four of us, but we as a Star Wars people are are we going to get B- Baby Yoda merchandise fatigue? Mm. I already see uh, like yeah. tons of stuff yep. sitting on shelves, and we're just inundated. And I know for a long time you couldn't get your hands on anything, which was like the hot topic last year at this time. But now there's, I feel like it's everywhere on everything mm-hmm. they they've killed me with pops i when the when i bought like the first five baby yoda pops that came out i put them all on pre-order and now they like just with this season they've come out they've already they've already made more pops this season than they made the first season I, and i'm just mm-hmm. like i You're can't right. i can't buy no. every one yeah. of them besides the besides the titular character of the mandalorian i haven't bought a single other pop from this from the show including the child so i've just got the the three different mandalorian variants and that's it i do like the zero pop and the the uh oh my god what's his uh oh what's the old man's name oh quill, quill? huh quill no no um Verner, the client Verner the client, the client. <laughs> yeah oh. the client oh yeah the client yeah the client pops cool that one's cool i would I like to just, pick that one up i got all the so oversaturated though like and and we you know we all kind of a couple weeks ago went uh or we talk about it all the time we're out of the pop game like i'm done with I'm pops out. I'm, I'm out i didn't I'm even out. buy the cl- i didn't even buy the clone wars oh you ones. didn't okay no, did. they dropped oh, those see, four or five I clone wars pops and i was like oh well they don't have that many clone wars pops that's the thing is like I was like, I gotta get those because there's a mall. There's yeah. the two Ahsokas. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think the bubbles burst on the pops. Yeah, They're I gonna think, be useless. Yeah. I don't care. Beanie about babies. Them. They're beanie babies. <laughs> right. They're. I right. don't know. I'll get them for five dollars in a year. I don't know. I I, I'm telling you, I'm looking straight ahead in my studio here, and I have all my Ahsokas, my Rebel line, uh, and it, they just—they're so cool. Now they're all in box. But I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of those pops. Uh, but to be fair, I did sell over 70 Star Wars pops years mm-hmm. ago. Years ago. I got out of the pop game really as a collector years ago, even before we started this show. Um, but I will not pass up on an Ahsoka. And, and uh, the Clone Wars ones are pretty sweet. Yeah. So those there are, they do get me from time <laughs> and, to time. And that but, Rex pop is going for like, what, $200, $300 now? <laughs> it's like, Really? <laughs> Jeez, that's right. You can see it in the corner yeah, right there yeah. behind me. That's, that's awesome. That one. That's I, I, awesome. I, I will say the one pop, retail. the the one pop that mm-hmm. I always wanted, I couldn't get was the Queen Amidala from the original line 
you know, I think she she was like the tenth pop in the Star Wars line. That Not one the convention exclusive a couple years ago. Uh, I don't know that one. I'm talking about they the, released her in like the white outfit. Oh, from the, like the pit with the monster. Oh yeah, I don't have that one. I yeah the the one where she's in the red rubs, a really famous one from mm. Phantom Menace. That imagery, that one sells for at least at minimum a couple hundred bucks. It did at one point in time it was in the four hundred dollar range, which is like crazy. Crazy. Um, I have the original Han from the original line, and I didn't like Pops then. I opened it. It's all scuffed. Like, don't have the <laughs> yeah, box <dude>. anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with uh, this season of The Mandalorian, what Pops they come up with. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get any more. I keep saying that, but. Here I am. Here I am Hello. talking about all the new stuff I got. All right, let's no more pops. Uh, let's switch gears from Mando Monday. We have talked about this uh, off the show. We're now officially going to bring it onto the show. The Star Wars Lego Holiday Special is only one week away. I find that hard to I'm believe. Is it, that yeah. really one week yeah. away? Oh yeah. Holy November smokes, what, 13th guys! Thirteenth or something like that. No. What happened 18th? to this year? What happened to this year? Oh, so much. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> Oh Where boy, it's already holiday time. You know what? Um, so I was just hanging out the other night and my fiance was was cooking dinner. I came downstairs and she had the TV on and Food Network was on and it was like the holiday bake-off. And I have this like weird thing that I don't watch any Christmas stuff until after Thanksgiving. So the fact that the holiday special is happening in like a week from now, I have like... I don't know. I'm kind of uh, on the fence a little bit. I know I'm going to watch it, but I don't November want it to get. Seventeenth. I don't one want it to get me in the holiday spirit so quickly. I like. I like that that the holiday for me only lasts 25 days. Um, you know, and I like to really make those 25 days count. But holiday special nonetheless is here in a week on Disney Plus. They do have a group watch feature, so if you're with your friends, you're hanging out, you want to have a good good laugh, go ahead and turn on the group watch feature. That'll be good. And, uh, you know, we're going to be here to cover it. I can't wait. I cannot wait. So you just what I do your know, world worldview, Chris, make make Halloween the first holiday of the holiday season and then you're good. <laughs> no, you cannot put you cannot put Christmas holiday ahead and of Thanksgiving. All holidays are fair game until the new year. <laughs> I can't cross the streams. I got all my harvest stuff up on my mantle right well. now. So if you uh, were a little more well-versed in Ghostbusters, you'd know sometimes you just cross (laughs) the streams and that's how you get success, man. Oh my God. Listen. That's how you blow up the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man or whatever. This is true. This is very true. Uh, What I do know about the Lego Holiday Special is that there is some type of MacGuffin that Ray gets to travel through World Between Worlds and do some time travel. So they're going to do some cross timelines for all you canon freaks. Just sit down. Just have some popcorn. Just enjoy Just it. Just eat mm-hmm. some ice cream, maybe a freeze pop, and laugh. Just laugh. It's the Lego movie. They are allowed to be goofy and crazy and have fun. And I, I've i only watched a few of the Freemaker adventures, and I really like them. They're I think, fun. Yeah. I think they're super fun. So Star The Droid Tales as well. Those are, oh, yeah. those are uh, Lego, Droid Tales right? are funny. Star yeah. Wars is for kids. Yeah. Yeah, and for people that just want to laugh. Right. Just have a popcorn flick every time, every now and, and then. And for adults, and it's super serious, too, but <laughs> also kids. 
<laughs> but for real though, for real. I mean, listen, don't go into this expecting canon and don't get upset when Ray hangs out with the modal nodes and the cantina. Don't get think we could we could get every stage of Obi-Wan, all of them, old man Obi-Wan, all the way down to Padawan, <laughs> Padawan Obi-Wan, all together. At one time. They could be in the same Paddy place. One, that's, that's the um the Irish Obi-Wan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he means old Ben. I know him. He's me. <laughs> like they're all just sitting around like, I'm Ben Kenobi. No, I'm Ben Kenobi. He's me. <laughs> or they all hit each right. other with the hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Hello hey, there. there. Oh, they're, they're all I Ben Kenobi. opportunity if they don't do that. Oh, we're oh, so good. Groan. We're, well, we're speaking of a certain point of view. Uh, you're right. <laughs> the certain point of view book just came out for those folks who enjoy uh, who enjoy novels, Star Wars books. It's out on audiobook. Del Rey sent us a copy of the audiobook, which Josh and I have dove into. And uh, you know, it, listen, it's it's fun, but not every story is for me. It's not uh, there, but I will say that some of the stories are really excellent. We we just had Gary Witta on, and I had the pleasure of listening to his story, Rogue Two which was really cool. And there's a really, really great um, part in the story. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but it does veer into a little bit of Luke Skywalker backstory, which is really, really cool on how Luke is viewed as a commander. Very interesting story. I will say that the bounty hunter stories are really good from certain point of view. The boss story especially is really good. I know I called that out to Josh yesterday. Um, But yeah, I mean, listen, I think that, I think that, once again, if you're a canon junkie, probably not going to really enjoy this book. Uh, I, but if you like to just have fun and want to almost read like a comic version, like a 1980s Marvel comic version of 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 sign of kind of certain point of view stories, that this is going to be perfect for you. So, um, Josh, what do you think about the audiobook so far? Um. <laughs> I feel like the things I want to the things I want to say about the stories I've read so far would be spoilery. Oh, okay. I'm not. Uh, I'm only like five stories in actually. So I've just gotten to uh, Gary's story, and I haven't like like far enough that it's like Rogue Two by Gary Wooda, oh. read for you by Mark Thompson. It like hasn't I will even started say- yet. Dude, Mark Thompson. Okay, so what they so if if you're interested in buying the audiobook, they have all different types of readers for all the different stories. Uh, Sam Witwer is a he is a um, narrator. I've, of yeah, a story. I've listened to one already that Sam has done, and the narration is great. The story, I'm not a fan of. <laughs> I will second that. I will definitely second that. But Mark Thompson is just the master. Just, the, I mean, yes, it is like oh. When you get to a Mark Thompson story in that audiobook, you're like, dude, next friggin' level for sure. Uh, I've actually got a kind of fun uh, Sam Witwer aside. I've been rewatching Dexter, the Showtime show about yeah. the serial killer based on the books, because uh, they're re releasing a new season. And also, it's like something mindless I don't have to think about because I've already seen it. But Sam Witwer. Uh, plays a like weird murderer slash copycat guy in like a four or five episode arc in the first or second season. I'd never realized that before, but now that I recognized his voice and then I recognized his face, it was a uh, pretty interesting. The, cheek, did a the good cheekbones job. are hard to, uh, I mean, you can't really miss those cheekbones. Pretty prominent. Uh, <laughs> he does have yes, those high that's cheeks. That's exactly how I could tell. 
<laughs> is he a good actor? Yeah, he, you like, no, you he, like did a good, he did a really good yeah. job. Yeah, and I, I haven't seen him really in much live action stuff, and I didn't recognize him at the time the first time I watched it. So I thought that you was know, interesting. Speaking of Sam as a live action actor, Matt Lanter, who I got to meet back in December, so almost a year ago. My goodness. Um, Matt was promoting a superhero show that he was in. I don't think that got completed. That was that was being filmed and then COVID hit. But Matt Lanter was supposed to be in some type of superhero show for Netflix. Have you guys seen anything with him in it? Yeah, that, that must not have come out. So um, not friends with Matt, so I can't call him up and ask him. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that show comes out anytime soon. All right, let's keep going. We got a few more things here. Yo, the Razor Crest is burnt. Baby, 28,891 humans on Earth. Uh, let's be clear. Maybe like 20,000 humans on Earth back the, the crest and the <laughs> rest are all retailers times. trying to uh, sell them on eBay. Yeah. Uh, but needless to say, their goal was 6,000. Yeah. And they hit 28,931. So how many uh, people back to the barge? Do you guys know? Not that uh, many. The bar, the well, let's put it in perspective. The Marvel Legends uh Sentinel was only at like twenty-one thousand. So it really? destroyed, yeah, it destroyed that by a ton. Really? Um I don't it doesn't show the number for the Haslab. It just I says see the, five thousand uh, plus backers. That's all it says. I, I wanna say the barge ended up at about thirteen thousand. I think you're about right there. And yeah. then the Transformers War for Cybertron was uh, target was eight and they got 10,000 plus. That's a sick figure. I don't like Transformers at all. Like end of story, but that figure is sick. I don't know if you guys had Hero Quest when you were younger at all. I had it when I was growing up. I got rid of it because I just never played it that much, but they brought it back as a new game system. Um, It doesn't have a number on it. It just has an amount. Their target was a million dollars. They pledged there was a total of three million seven hundred and seventy two thousand three hundred ninety four dollars pledged for that game. It's it's what a, is that a card game? No, it's it's like a tabletop D and D type game. So a like you have your characters bucks? right. And in the new version that they came out with, they redid the sculpts <sighs> for the figures. This time they included like doorways and tombstones and actual like three D printed items with the game whereas before you didn't really have those you had the cards you had the figures you had the the map um and the dice and that was about it so but again you paint them you create your own dungeons um all that kind of stuff so but they they raised 3.7 million for that bad boy my god yeah yeah what yeah okay it's crazy crazy um hero quest ruined a joke i had well, I was wondering what you. Yeah, I saw you. I saw you're ready to talk. I was going to say, you oh, lane. so you're saying the Razor Crest won the popular vote, but then has <laughs> it sounds like Hero Quest uh, might have <laughs> might have done better. I mean, I haven't you done the what? math, but twenty eight eight times three fifty per Razor Crest. It's still a chunk of cash. I don't. I don't know what it is. I have to. So I just it? looked it up. I was way off on the on the sale barge. Oh, what was it on Actually, the sale barge? Only 8,000 people backed the sale barge. Wow, that thing's rare. Uh, very rare, and I kick myself every damn time I see somebody post a photo of it on uh, on Instagram. I'm like, what? Like, <sighs> But instead, I bought an Arcade One Up cabinet that just sits in cobwebs in my basement for the same price. So, Josh, go ahead with that number. 
Ten million one hundred eleven thousand eight hundred fifty. Oh, that's how much money they made to make the barge. No, the, no, that's the razor the crest. Razor crest. Three hundred fifty dollars per razor crest at twenty eight thousand eight hundred eighty six backers or whatever it is. Right. Yep. Twenty eight eight ninety one. Sorry. Yep. That's that's how one hundred eleven thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars. That's almost as much money as they made on the Zuvio figure. It's <laughs> so, the fun math content that people tune in for every week, guys. That's that's exactly what it is. Um, wow, people are getting Christmas bonuses this year at Hasbro. Jeez. So okay, good job. All right, so I back the barge just or barge. Oh my god, I back the crest. It doesn't sound the same. I, I mean, they gotta they gotta come up with like a cool hashtag for it. Yeah. You, you, I invest, the crest. you invested in the crest? <laughs> in the crest. I, oh, my, invest in the crest. I, you yeah, know what? So I, it was hard because last night I knew it was expiring last night and I was sitting there with it in my hand like, put it in cart, take it out of cart. Put oh, the buy a second take one? It out of cart. And I went back and forth all night and I was finally like, no, Been there. one, Been there. just one and I'm good. But the thing is huge. If you if you so watch the live video yes. with um, Patrick and uh, the I forget the creator guy's name, but I mean the thing is massive. Mm-hmm. It is huge. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I can't wait to get mine yeah. a year from now. They yeah. did charge my card unexpectedly. I thought they were going to give me a little bit of a heads up. Nope. 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 November Just 9th. Midnight. Yep. It gets charged. Boom. I was like, damn. No heads up. Uh, cold. Cold Hasbro. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got to so, read those disclaimers, Chris. Yeah, no, I was just so excited. Now, uh, Josh Kyle, did either of you back the barge? I don't, I don't the crest? remember if you did. No, I don't have, the, I don't have room for a thing like that. I barely have room for all the stuff I have, man. Like, yeah, you got to build I'm, a coffee table oh, out of it. You got to put shoot. a piece of glass over it. If I'm spending that amount of change on a toy, I'm getting that one-up cabinet with Turtles in Time and the original mm. TMNT arcade game in it. I'm not getting that. Ooh, and I'll hey, come play vehicle. it. I'll come play it too, but I will gladly uh, offload my arcade one-up Star Wars cabinet for half the price. Uh, if you're interested, uh, no, I don't want that. I just want the turtles one. Damn it! Damn it! I almost, uh, I almost got the second one just because there's a lot of people out there that collect vintage collection line, but they only collect the figures. They don't collect the vehicles. And if you want all of the figures, you would have needed the Mando that comes in that pack, the child that comes yep, in the pack, yep. and the um. Uh, the Jawa, Jawa that comes in that pack. So a big part of me was almost like I should get a second one and I could sell the child and the Jawa keep Mando because he's not on a card back. He's just in a plastic bag. They did, they did confirm that he's in a plastic bag. Um, but I could have sold those two and you probably suck, paid bro. for both the crest or for both crests. But then I thought about it and I'm like looking at these numbers and I'm going, if 28,000 people have backed this, they're probably doing the same thing. Like, so there's going to yeah. be a lot of Jawas on that market. That's going to drive down that price. So, so unlike you, I was going to buy a second one to take them out of the package and just sell the second crest. Mm. That's what I was going to yeah. do because I do like to display my vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to make like little tiny, nothing crazy, but just a little dioramas with the figures but i you know i'll buy the other ones i did buy a massive from the attack of the clone lines i was i went to a, a local flea market here in northeast ohio and they had one for four dollars and i was like nice. yeah like <laughs> it's pretty that's pretty hell of a that's gonna be a sweet diorama Massifs piece they're so hot right now they actually you know what <laughs> funny you say that so since the tuscan raiders showed yep. up in chapter nine of the mandalorian their prices have like 
quadrupled yep. uh, for Black Series yep. on, on on Evil Bay. So anyway. And, uh, and with the... Sell them um, if you got them, guys. Those prices won't so. last. Yeah, Banthas. Banthas. The older Banthas, Banthas yeah. from the Power of the Force line. The, they're actually like furry and hairy and whatever. They're, they're, they're really cool figures. They're really cool figures. Those have yeah. been skyrocketing too. Yeah, the Banthas are always pretty pricey. They're always about 40, 50 bucks when you can find them. Mm. But they are really, really cool figures. Yeah. Shooter! Or something... Hey, Star Wars friends, it's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and the resident John Williams One Percenter. Do you want to be a John Williams One Percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you push up your glasses at the other 99%. Did you know that John Williams has 52 Academy Award nominations in his career to date? The only other person with more nominations is some guy named Walter Disney? Never heard of the guy. Make sure to stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. Hi, this is Gary Witter. Very proud to be a Star Wars friend. You are listening to the Star Wars Friends podcast. Hi, this is Kevin Kiner, composer for Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. I'm happy to be a Star Wars friend. Looking for fun and excitement without having to join the First Order or Resistance? Come join your Star Wars friends and experience the fun and excitement at Canto Bite Hotel and Casino located on the beautiful planet of Cantonica. Our state-of-the-art facility offers a beautiful Fathir racetrack, all the newest hollow tables, and the finest libations and cuisine across the galaxy. Enjoy top-notch entertainment nightly such as Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes, the Max Rebo Band, and Arodia Ventifoli. Witness some of the fastest sky racing in the galaxy with first-rate pilots Hype Phazon. Hype Phazon is in the building! Tora Doza. Where's my cute little furball? Freya Fenris and Griff Halloran. Okay, I still don't get why we all had to come along. Just listen to some of our happy guests. Oi! Misa love Canto Bite Hotel and Casino. Misa win muy muy credits. Whether you're here for relaxation or excitement, the Canto Bite Hotel and Casino can provide whatever you desire. There is so much to do here. Odds are, you'll have the time of your life. Maybe. Gambling problem? Reach out by Hotman to the New Republic Gambling Addiction Hotline. The number is 800-IMI-NDBT. The number again is 800-IMI-NDBT. One more time, the number is 800-I'M-IN-DEBT. This advertisement has been brought to you by the Star Wars Friends. Please handle responsibly. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Star Wars Friends Podcast. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. So you guys were talking about, and I, it'd be hard to guess the number on regular figures, but on the figures that come with like the Razor Crest, uh, since it is such a high price point, how many of those do you think 
people actually will take out of the package, especially the ones on the card Ooh. back. Well, there's different collectors. I mean, Justin's I know, a different collector so from me. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I am a, I'm a 50, 50. You're right, Kyle. I mean, I would love to take them out of the blister pack, but because of the rarity of them, I I'm going to keep them all in the blister pack and just pick up other TVC versions. I don't, I don't need that particular Jawa out of the package. I could just buy some other TVC Jawas. And I don't even know if I want to recreate that scene. I think that, that character on that card back is just hilarious to me. I think I'll just laugh at it every time, like my Porkins figure. Suga. Like every time I look at it, I'm just gonna be like, "Yeah, this is Suga. sweet." But I definitely am taking the Razor Crest out of the box. Yeah. I already have a spot for it. I'm looking at it right in my studio. It's gonna sit there for a year, and I am gonna build a landing platform. So rather than that, rather than like cosplay a full outfit, I'm gonna I'm gonna build my own little diorama because I I'm now friends with mm-hmm. Figure Works on Instagram. Uh, if, you, if you guys are into building little dioramas for your figures, figure works on Instagram is really, really cool. And they help you design little dioramas, whether you're into rebel transports, cantinas, uh, anything like that. They make custom stuff. So very excited about that. Nice. But yeah, I don't know, Kyle. I don't. That's I just think I about like, you know, the, those original Kenner figures. Yeah, they're all not impossible, but they're almost impossible to find in any kind of good shape still on a card back. So no I question. just think about the figures that are coming out now in 40 years. What's the market going to be like? Because people are more savvy to it now. So I think more people keep them in package, but I wonder how many just get ripped open and played with. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I'm not a, unless it was like a Shea Vizla, which I know Justin, you have, that's a highly desirable figure for me. The Revan is a highly desirable figure for me. I'm, I'm going to rip them out of the, the package unless I actually like the card back. So like right now I'm surrounded by my favorite, like 30 card backs and they're all blister packed. I'm not going to open them, but like my Bastila Sean, I have some Ahsoka's, I have some Sabine's, um, Asajj Ventress. I love collecting Asajj figures, but I never take them out of the the blister pack. So it really depends. And but like I have a whole I have a whole Jabba's playset, and I've taken out Pote Snitkin. I, I've taken out uh, a Man of Man. You know, all, it just really depends on yeah. on the figure. And a lot of the older vintage collection runs, or some of those older figures, there's just not that big a number of of runs on them. Like the the quantity that they made is just significantly smaller. So versus what they're doing now, you might go, hey, our Trooper Fives, I can't find him anywhere. But right, right. St- there's still more of him out there than what was of uh of uh Ahsoka in the vintage collection yes. line or, yeah, or oh the Shea Vizla yeah. or in the vintage collection line. So you know, those figures, yeah, they're they're going to be hard to find, but versus the old vintage collection stuff, there's just not the, the same number of volume. Man, can you imagine getting the Ahsoka vintage collection figure when it came out? Uh, for $2 I'm, or $3 I'm, I'm when it was released? It. Yes. I've almost bought it off eBay like two or three different times and never yeah. been able to. It's just too expensive. What a, what a great, what a great fun figure. I don't know anyone that owns it that hasn't bought it on secondhand. I got, you I got know. lucky when I found mine, to be honest. I, it was that big fun. I got lucky. Like I couldn't, I didn't know you even had one. Yeah. The vintage collection Ahsoka. Yep. Unpunched. On the card back? Fight, On the card fight, back. Unpunched. Fight. I sent pick. Yeah, Cal's gonna oh, come yeah, over. Yeah. You know what? I do. I do. <laughs> I, remember I, I, I like my hand was shaking when I got back in the car with that figure going. Like, <laughs> I don't know how I found this, but I found it. 
like it was in so a star sweet. case it was protected i'm like i th- i hit the jackpot with that figure yeah. so and then yeah they had the shea figure the shea vizsla figure there and that one is punched but it was still had a star case on it great condition it was yeah, slightly smaller fun. price tag than the the ahsoka but still yeah. i got i got it for a steal yeah, Big Fun in Columbus, Ohio, for anyone listening, is a great toy store. And they do take care of the they do take care of the the nicer items by putting them in star cases. They know what they're doing mm-hmm. there. So big shout out to Big Fun. All right, last piece of news here, because we got a lot of stuff to yeah. talk about. Justin, you put this in the notes. <laughs> talk about this. Uh I, I don't I'm I'm not involved with any of this, so I have nothing to add. So, so, one of these. so if you have the tops card trader on your phone, it's like a mobile version of collecting tops cards, right? They do like you just like in normal cards, there's, you know, exclusives or they only make X number. So it's like a luck of the draw, whether you get it or not. I think I had this app when it first rolled out years ago and then I got rid of it because I was like, well, I'm not really into it that much. Um, But they apparently released a card today or this week or something that (laughs) they they title the cards like for what it is. Right. Original trilogy, A New Hope. Um, you know, the Clone Wars, uh, the Mandalorian, whatever the series is, they released a card today or this week that says the Mandalorian on it. And it has a, a, a kind of a spoiler. And I don't want to give too much away on it because everybody now is like, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, hey, is this real or not? Is this actually going to be a spoiler in the show? And you don't know. So, right. You know, I, I would say this isn't the first time that it's happened, though. I think there was something else a couple weeks ago that they had put out there um, that was kind of very similar. So if you don't want spoilers, don't open your tops card traders during Mandalorian show. So I'd say it's a light spoiler. It, it's a very light spoiler. Yes. But it's a it's more of a nod, I guess, to previous it's uh, not like it's Star not like Wars. Bo-Katan and Ahsoka fighting or something no, from the show no. or something like it's, it's not, not like you know it's not no like, it's not like that but at the, at the same time if this comes out who's to say that that's not something that you find in Card Trader another week you know in about another week or so 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 do you guys slope. do do you guys do Card Trader no I do not, not. even a little I saw it no. on Reddit on excellent accident yeah. I don't play the game okay no uh I do want to give out the one piece of information I know about Card Trader is that Dominic Pace, our Star Wars friend Dominic Pace, finally got his very own Gecko Tops Card That's Trader awesome. nice. uh, card. Nice. So, yeah, very excited about that. I saw him post about that a week ago. And um, Sweet. once again, I don't have it, so I don't even know what it looks like, but I know it's out there. So if you're if you're into the Mandalorian, if you like Dominic Pace, you can go find his. I guess you can find it. It's a it's called Card Trader, so maybe you can trade people. Um Maybe not. I don't know. Um, so maybe. Yes, you trade real people in real life. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Do you, yeah, do you trade on the digital I, cards? I, I had it eons ago, and I haven't had it since. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, Top Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Card Trader by Tops. That's okay. That's what it's called. Okay, very good. All right, that's a lot of news. A lot of stuff going on, and we have what chapter 11 of the Mandalorian coming out in just a day after this show releases. So hopefully everyone grabs their Mandalorian cereal and general mills, Mandalorian cereal um, and enjoys their episode of the Mandalorian chapter 11. But before we get there, we have to talk of course about chapter nine, chapter 10 of the Mandalorian. So we're going to do 
kind of a deep dive here. I am looking at a lot of notes in our in our show notes here, and there is a lot of ground to cover. But Justin, since you kind of you kind of put in a lot of a lot of info here, you know, do you want to take us through sure. and then you know, Kyle did, wasn't able to join us on the Razor Crest React Show, which which airs every Friday at 7.30 p.m. on our YouTube and Facebook channel. So if you're not already there, subscribe to Star Wars Friends Podcast on YouTube, or you can catch us at SW Friends Show on Facebook. Every Friday at 7.30, we're going to react to The Mandalorian. We always have guests. We're going to have Mark Newbold on this Friday from Star Wars Insider Magazine and Fanta Tracks. Very excited mm-hmm. to have Mark join the show. So Was, yeah. was that... Was that episode that Kyle wasn't on? Was that the one where we were talking about where Boba Fett was alive? Was it that uh, one? It actually was, so. in fact, the episode where we talked about how Boba Fett is now alive. And um, the scarred bald man in the desert. Huh. Now, I, I will say, if you go on to IMDb, yeah, they, uh, removed, they it. removed it. You know, because they don't you know, know who, who he is. Hey, yet. you know who had had them remove it? Our friends at Boba Fett fan club. Mm. They were the ones that submitted the request to IMDb to take it off there. They just posted about that yesterday. So. Well, okay. I will say, uh, if you go to the IMD or not the IMDb, the Wikipedia page for this episode, at the very end, it does reference the scarred bald man, which is a clickable link, and you can click it yourself and see where it takes you. But. <laughs> It is a thing. <laughs> Do I want to? Don't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I was saying, <laughs> I, this is a spoiler-free show. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the episode that. has been out for only two weeks, so we yeah. do have to tread lightly here. Um, well, no, I'm saying you don't know who that character is yet. It hasn't been clarified, but... It's both. Commander it's both. Cody. Stop with the Cody nonsense. I, we've we've blown that Obviously, one out of the water. And, and Why? Because that, you don't want it to be Cody? That's not Exactly. Your, and either did our friends in the chat. It. <laughs> so no no cody all right let's break it down we got episode nine which is yep. titled the marshall very excited about that that was the season premiere season two premiere of the mandalorian we i did not know this at the time i knew that john favreau wrote it i did not know that john mm-hmm. favreau directed it so super cool and we had some recurring characters Pelimato. Well, I guess that was the only recurring character uh, and a Mandalorian child, the titular character. Yep. But uh, John Leguizamo as Gore Koresh, which I did not know until I saw the credits. I, I thought it sounded kind of like um, uh, Favreau, honestly. A little when bit. When was talking. A little, mm-hmm. uh, yes, agreed. Then, but then if you go back and listen to it, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's totally John Leguizamo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amy Sedaris, of course, is Pelimato, And W. Earl Brown as Weequay. And then we cannot forget the main attraction, Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vanth. Fun fact, W. Earl Brown and Timothy Oliphant play opposite each other in the HBO series Deadwood. Great so show. Kind of reprise their roles just in a different IP. And uh, I guess in the same galaxy, as we got into an argument about uh, the other night that Earth exists in the Star Wars galaxy, Chewbacca, what, does he smash it like a like a gumball or something? Um, but W. Earl Brown and Timothy Oliphant in a different different show, they appear here together. Now, Justin, go ahead and run us through. Let's jump sure. in as we explore this episode. So we kind of open with uh, Mando and the child kind of emerging from the shadows, walking straight at you on the camera. Um, clearly in some kind of it's nighttime somewhere on this planet. And, and Josh brings up the point. Um, what you would you say was the home home? The what was the planet name? 
so we don't have a planet name, but I think it's the the like the acting base for the the droid Gatra, which is like a droid liberation uh, organization. Okay. Okay. So he's... I had a I had a thought too that like because they just call it an industrial city, we don't get a planet name or a city name or anything. But I wonder if it could be somewhere in that Anaxis asteroid belt that we've talked about in Rebels and in Clone Wars because those red eyes that stay in the shadows and won't come out to the light uh, remind me of the Fearnox, Firenox that are in Rebels and then in that Clone Wars arc on Anaxis. Uh, and they do the same thing. They stay in the dark and they won't come out mm. into the light. And that was very spooky, very Halloween-esque. That was out the the week of Halloween, I believe. It was the day before Halloween, and that was just spooky. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I really love that that scene. A lot of drama. Yep. So he's walking along. Um, you can see the red glowing eyes in the shadows. There's some uh, graffiti artwork all over the walls. Again, it looks kind of like clone trooper helmets or stormtrooper helmets. One of them kind of looks like three PO. Uh, it was like the gold head. Um, with the eyes, it looks very much uh, 3PO-esque. Um, but anyway, Mando is in search of somebody, a contact that can lead him to other Mandos. So he enters a fight club. Uh, first rule about fight club is don't talk about fight club. Um, but anyway, he goes in. Here we are. But, but <laughs> I, will, I will talk about those skinny leg, yep. skinny ass leg Gamorians. That's a, a well-trained I, I mean, It was Gamorian. a weird look for me. I mean, it makes sense. I didn't sense. like it. Have you seen Brock Lesnar? Guy's got chicken, like little chicken legs. <laughs> He's all upper body. But I like the I like the the idea that Gamorians are just giant lards. I mean, I love it. Well, they were like and pig it, people. I like. I mean, they still had chubby. they still had bellies. Like they just were leaner. I don't know. They were just know. leaner in the the uh, arms and the legs, but they still Kyle had likes bellies. His Gamorians fatter than that. <laughs> I, I like my Gamorreans real fat. So just, anyway, just like my Jonah Hills, I think I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, Gamorreans are evil and Gamorreans are fat. World according they to Chris. Don't have to be, but they should be. <laughs> <laughs> Canonize it. So he's uh, he's going to meet Gore Koresh, who is played by John Leguizamo. Um, some kind, he's some kind of like crime lord or Cyclops. Under, yeah, Cyclops looking dude. Great name, by the way. Gore Koresh, yes. Yeah. Um, as, as he's walking through the club, you do see Constable Zuvio looking dude. He's got a little visor over his eyes, though, but he has the very Deputy similar Zuvio. hat. Um, yeah, w- Deputy Zuvio. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, so those he's are there. Uh, Cayuzos, is what those are. That's the species, Cayuzo. Cayuzo. Mm. Yep. Kind of like Is that Yakuza. the same as. Is that same the same hat that Embo wears on uh, the the bounty hunter? That's that's a the, great question. I, it looks similar, but I think it's a little different, slightly. Justin's Perhaps. pulling that out of his butt, but we'll go with I'm it. Looking right I, now, I, I think it's slightly different, but yeah, because his is more <laughs> I, like I believe a, you. His is bigger and he can yeah. ski on it and stuff, but it's also an animated. <laughs> show. Yes. Um, now, anyway, he starts talking to to Gore, and Gore says, "You know, we don't want to watch." We don't want to talk business while watching the fights and whatnot. And it's uncouth. Yeah, it's a little uncouth. Um, but it was interesting in the conversation that Gore is having with Mando because he says, uh, normally I have to seek out remnants of you Mandalorians in your hidden hives to harvest your precious shiny shells. So that led me to kind of believe that the previous culvert that Mando was in obviously got hit by somebody. We still don't know who it was. Um, 
could it have been Gore Koresh? But now that begs the question, why was the giant pile of armor there? Right. Like if that was if that was Beskar, why would you leave it? But at the same time, Beskar is hard to find with the Mandalorians. Right. Not all of them have that. So well, like, I don't, I don't, well, I don't think they left it behind. I mean, the armor was still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those were the ones that died. I think those were the ones that died fighting the oh, whoever, think, whatever, whatever it was band of bounty hunters. No, and, no, the line of dialogue, the line of dialogue was that they shed their armor to go hide. They left, and uh, I nah, guarantee, you, yeah, go back mis- and watch. You're it misunderstanding again. that, Chris. <laughs> You go back and watch it. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, it was just a very interesting line in the show that kind of led me to believe that maybe there's something more there that alluded back to season one. But um, anyway, I think he, he was just definitely hunting Mandalorians in general. He yeah. was like, and clearly Beskar is the metal to have now mm-hmm. that that's the going, that's the cash that you want. Um, so anyway, after, you know, he gets kind of, I think bored by the fight, he ends up, shooting one of the Gamorreans, ending the fight, scattering all the people. And then they turn their guns on Mando. Uh, and obviously Mando and child are in a sticky situation again. Um, certainly not something or certainly something that the child hasn't seen before. So he's, you know, ready to go. So he ducks in his little, uh, his little pram and hides and Mando dispatches several of, of uh, Gore's people, which I also found interesting because the Gamorrean guard like dove out of the ring and he smashes a bench. Right. He falls like face yeah, first in that bench. WWF move. If you watch WWE. the rest of that fight scene, he wasn't there at all the rest of the time. Like he wasn't even laying on the ground on top of the broken <laughs> bench. So I think there was a little bit of an edit issue there. Oh. Like he was just I gone. Was, I don't know what happened to him. I thought it was funny that the one, one of the people who was fighting Mando punched him barehanded in the helmet reacted to it like it hurt his hand but then he kept doing it he did it like five times and it hurt his hand every time i never it's just like when the football players do it i don't get it right prize right. fighters aren't known for their smartness they're smart <laughs> they just punch hard <laughs> smart they just punch hard to punch good um so during the fight gore koresh realizes he's in over his head and starts taking off running like danny devito out the building he's the uh, worst with <laughs> With his little Total legs. Danny DeVito. He's <laughs> total. Yeah. Total. Uh, Mando catches up with him, you know, shoots his um, his uh, grappling hook thing at his legs, wraps him Vibro up. Vibro whip thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, lassos him up on top of a, a light pole and leaves him hanging there. Right. And he says, which right. we skipped over. He used those whistling birds again for like the 35th time yeah. that she specifically said. Don't use these all the time. They're very <laughs> right, rare. Right, right. He uses them every time. It's like his first right. thing he uses. Well, and they're made out of Beskar, <laughs> right? Because she. And where does she? Keep, where does he keep getting them more? Was right. She, yeah. she contradicted herself. This is space space opera, Kyle. It's okay. He just re- maybe she made a bunch of them. We only saw I'm like just saying, round she one of them. To be, yeah. <laughs> when, spare is like not not what I thought it meant. I thought he'd have one or two of those babies. <laughs> He's got so many. He's got right. another like thirty two right. loaded in there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he strings them up and basically asks, you know, where do you, where do you find where where can I find the other Mandalorian? Uh, Gore leads him to. Uh, Tatooine. He says, I've been, I've spent quite a bit of time on Tatooine. There's no Mandalorians there. Um, he's like, I promise my sources are good. That's where the Mandalorian is. Um, you know, and he, he kind of leaves him and he said, you know, he, he says, please don't kill me. But as he's, he said, 
early on, he said, I promise you will not die by my hand. Right. So once he gets the right. information from Gore, uh, he kind of starts to like walk away and he, he says, man, what are you doing? And, you know, you know, what, what's happening here? And he's like, you turns can't leave and, me here like this. You can't leave me here like this. And he's like, it wasn't part of the deal. And he turns and he shoots out the light and he or he says, you wouldn't you said you wouldn't kill me. He's like, well, too bad. <laughs> so he shoots out the light. Well, he, did, he didn't kill him. He, you nope, know, he, he didn't, didn't die by his hand from a certain point of view. Yeah. And so he shoots out the light and then the shadow creatures, what are you, Fire Nox? Is that where we're, we're going to go with Fire Nox? They seem like that sure. to me. Yep. So they kind of come in and start, you know, gathering around and go, ooh, fresh meat. So uh, clearly Gore Koresh is no longer uh, with us. Um, death by Fire Nox, not man. Gore Delish for the Fire Nox. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Got my um, joke head on today. <laughs> So next up, we see, you know, Mando's heading back to Tatooine, uh, obviously goes back to the spaceport uh, where uh, Pelimato is, his good good friend and babysitter Pelimato. Um, you know, he lands in there. Um, when he first gets off the ship, the droids kind of start to head out to repair the ship. Pelly says, no, 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 no. Remember, he doesn't like droids, right? And then he kind of says, no, he's like, the ship could use a good once over. It's okay. And then all of a sudden she's like, all right, we'll go ahead and have at it. And the droids start, start going at the ship to repair it. But yeah, they kind of like uh, punched you right in the nose with, with his, his droid character development yes, there. I thought yes. that was like a little ham fisted. She's like, Oh, well now he likes droids. Yep, I'm like, yep. yeah, yeah we kind of reading between the it. lines there, but right. Yep. Um, and then as he's, you know, and she's, as he's walking up, she says, well, you know, things haven't changed a lot or, or I hope things haven't changed a lot or something like that. And then as he's walking up, he kind of swings the child in the satchel around to the front and uh, Pelly lets out a, Oh, thank the force. Like this thing, you know, I've been worried sick about this child. And uh, I believe that's the first reference we've had in this show to the force. The first time a person has acknowledged. Yeah, I think you're right. The force in this show. Now I know the armor had talked about Jedi but she hadn't said anything about the force, right? Yeah, she just called them sorcerers. Yeah, yeah. So I think this was the first time we got that. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then uh, the pit droids that are working on the ship end up messing it up within the first 30 seconds. They break something, um, you know, and she basically says, look, you know, he's, he's giving you a second chance. Don't mess it up. Um, you know, do you want him to think all droids are bad? Uh, but they kind of continue their work. Um, and then, you know, he says, she's like, why are you back? He says, I'm looking for a Mandalorian. She's like, uh, you know, there's no man, or, there's no Mandalorians here. And she get he gets the information of Mos Pelgo. Cause that was the city that Gore Koresh had named was Mos Pelgo. Um, she goes, Mos Pelgo. I haven't heard that name in ages. So she calls over, uh, one of our, our good droid friends, R5, um, to show a map of Tatooine pre-war map of Tatooine. Um, he rolls up, you know, she makes a comment of, I don't even know, he's so slow, I don't even know where to go to yeah, get help anymore. Yeah, she does a whole bit about how crappy he is, and yeah. you can see the scorch mark <laughs> from his bad motivator. Yep, yep. So he rolls up, you know, pops up the map of Tatooine, she goes, here's Mos Eisley, here's Mos Bespa, here's, um, here's where Mos Pelgo is, right? And he goes, well, I don't see anything. And she goes, it's not there on the map, but I promise you it's there. Um, it's a mining town. You need to go. If that's where you're going, it's somewhere in this area. 
and he says, do you still have that old speeder? She says, yes, I do. It's a bit rusty, uh, but I do. I have it. He says, all right. And then, you know, do you want me to watch child? Nope. He's coming with me. I think That's he's a Zephyr J speeder bike specifically. I think uh, Mando has 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 taken on the dad role and is just not going to let this child out of his sight at all anymore. Um, so he's 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 compelled to just bring him wherever he goes. So anyway, we leave. I'm going to contest the, that in a little bit, but OK. <laughs> so we leave the spaceport and, uh, you know, you get this beautiful music uh, that sounds like an old Western um, you know, Mando goes riding across the desert, beautiful aerial shots, uh, cinematography, like a little montage, Yeah, a little montage of him moving across the desert. And then he rolls up into most Pelgo, which is literally what I call a one stop sign town. Um, he's going super slow through this town, but the music during that just sounds like an old Western when they're riding in on the horse, you know, for the, the strangers coming into town, everybody's kind of staring at him. Uh, it sounded very much like that. And the first place he finds is the bar where he enters and he finds uh, a weak way. He finds a weak way working at the bar. Um, he starts to ask the weak way who is played by W. Earl Brown. Uh, I believe that was your, was it just, uh, was your character in it? Was it justified? So what you said? Uh, no, he was, uh, he was Deadwood, in Deadwood, Deadwood, actually. Thank you, Deadwood. Justified is also awesome, though. <laughs> um, so he comes across, he talks to the weak way, he says, you know, I'm looking for a Mandalorian. He says, well, we don't have any Mandalorians here. What does he look like? Looks like me. Oh, you mean the Marshal. So he knows what the armor is. He just doesn't, didn't, I don't think he realized what it was. So when uh, he rolls in, he says, well, you know, he's like, where can I find him? He's like, well, he's right there. And here's your first shot of the marshal played by Timothy Oliphant, um, or as we call him, Cobb Vanth, which was part of the Aftermath novels. Um, the, the I'm first still, if you did not tune in to the recaps, the Razor Crest reacts, which you should on Fridays, mm -hmm. uh, I have to say it again. I am so mad that the Timothy Oliphant casting was spoiled. It was never released by Star Wars. It could have been a really cool surprise. And I'm irritated that when he yes. took the helmet off, I was yes. like, yeah. oh, it is him. And not just shocked and surprised. Agreed. So, yep. Agreed. Yep. If you were one of those people, you're on my list. And I just want you to know. <laughs> um, the f Go ahead, Josh. I was to say that moment was really powerful because him taking off the helmet and setting it on the table was our first like r straight up look at the helmet. Cause he, when he walks, when he first walks in, it's like, he's kind of a wash in light. And so you're like, yeah, I think that's Boba Fett's armor, but maybe it's not like just kind of like what we did in the covert in the first season. We're yeah. Like, yeah. Kind of the background. But when mm -hmm. they set it down, when he sets it down, it shows you, Oh, that is Boba Fett's armor. And then it also like this signifier to Mando. Well, he's not a man. He took his helmet off. Like, yep. Exactly. I know immediately without knowing anything else, you know. Because his his first request was uh, Weequay. Two. What did he call it? Two. Spotchka. Two things of Spotchka, and I can't remember. It's a word for shot, and I can't remember what it was. But he says two things of Spotchka. So clearly, you want to sit down, take your helmet off, and have a drink in a public place. And I think that's where he's like, mm, something's wrong here. Um, and we've talked about this before, but the first shot that you see of Cobb Vance standing in the doorway, clearly the armor does not fit him. It was not made for him. 
Mandalorian armor is custom made to fit the Mando that's in it. Um, right. And clearly, Timothy Oliphant's character as Cobb Vanth was too tall for that armor because where the normal under suit part of that Mando armor would be is lower to the waist on Boba Fett than where it is on Cobb Vanth. It's more up like above his belly button. He looks like Zeke Elliott out there with his crop top, <laughs> right? Crop top Mando armor. Football reference, <laughs> Star Wars friends. So anyway, so I, I really enjoyed that, that, that the armor didn't fully fit him and was kind of odd on his body. Um, you can clearly see when he he kind of turns around in one scene, you see the back of the jetpack. You can see a metal piece over top of the jetpack where it was, you know, injured, not injured, where it was uh, damaged. damaged. Thank you. Damaged the first time uh, in uh, in uh, Return of the Jedi. And it's been clearly it's been repaired by somebody, probably the Jawas, I would assume. Um, but it's been repaired and you get that clear shot of the helmet with the bullet hole or the shot the blaster bolt right up in the top. Uh, he calls it uh, two snorts of Spotchka. Thank you. That's it. Two snorts of Spotchka. So next time you're at the bar, ask for two snorts of something and see what the bartender says. <laughs> yeah, I'm going right, to put the cart before the bull a little bit, but that, uh, that where Boba Fett's jetpack gets damaged and he kind of flies off in uh, return of the Jedi. They, they replay that bit during during the uh, crate dragon attack mm-hmm. when he mm-hmm. whacks him in the, in the jetpack and goes flying off. And you could, you could, I mean, Cobb was very upfront with him about where he got the armor, or at least I know this is not my armor. Um, you can tell it irked Mando a lot though. Um, and, yeah. and it was almost, it was, I, I referenced it as stolen valor. Right. We have that oh, yeah, now. Yeah, like yeah. when somebody's pretending to be military, it's 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 stolen valor. And I think that really rubbed Mando the wrong way. Um, and you could tell he was kind of pissed. So but right when they're about to get to their shootout, giant earthquake happens. Enter the crate dragon. Anybody get my Bruce, my Bruce Lee <laughs> yes, reference there? Yes. Come on. Enter the crate. Yes, dragon. I like it. Uh, I like it. Um, so anyway, <laughs> the crate dragon goes rolling through this right down Main Street of this tiny most Pelgo town and uh, does not cause any giant holes or anything in the middle of the street, which I thought was weird. Um, but anyway, he says, look, I've got a problem. I got to get rid of this crate dragon because it wrecks our town. It eats our people. Um you know, if you help me get rid of it, I will give the armor back to you. And Mando says, great deal. It's a good deal. I can do that. I'll just go get the ship. I'll fly it back. I'll drop some charges down there, blow it up. Done. Yeah. Says, easy piece. Uh, it's not that simple. Um, it's really large and it's going to know that your ship is coming because it can sense it and it's going to go underground. So good luck with that. And he says, but I kind of know where it's at. So, the next, uh, the next, uh, what do I want to say, scene or where we're going, they're out kind of, it's Cobb and, and Mando hopping on some speeders to jet out and go find some help and go see where this crate dragon lives. Um, and the it, dragon actually lives in the rabbit hole for Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So if anybody <laughs> knows that movie. It actually lives in an abandoned Sarlacc pit, which is even yep. a Star Wars reference. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, um, I, and Cobb Vanth is riding on a mm-hmm. uh, what is pod some racer. Kind of modified pod racer. pod racer turned into a speeder. It's one of the pod so racer cool. uh, mm-hmm. 
I don't know, engines, one of the two. So cool. I got, I, I like watching it, rewatching it again, right? I got a very easy rider vibe with the two of them on the bikes rolling <laughs> yeah, across dude. the desert. I was just totally. thinking like total easy, easy rider yes. moment here. Um, totally. And it was, it was really cool to see, um, you know, they're riding out there. Um, he kind of tells the story of, of how he got the armor and how he became, uh, this the marshal of the town and things like that, and he references the Death Star blowing up from Return of the Jedi. Um, you know, he said uh, when after that that void, you know, once the Imperial rule left, he's like the vacuum of power came in, and here comes a mining guild which walked into a bar and apparently started just shooting people for some reason, um, and kind of took yeah, over. Really the, weird move. Really yeah, weird move. <laughs> like I don't but, didn't understand that power flex, but like yeah. Yeah, you're just gonna roll Let's in kill and all kill the people everybody? that we can have like, have go hang out in the mines and are actually right. like skilled mine workers, right? Or put them to work so I don't have to. Like it seems right. odd, but counterintuitive, <laughs> right? So anyway, he escapes and as he's running away, he grabbed a giant Camtono of silicax crystals, and he walks into the deserts. He walks out into the desert and uh, no water, no food, no nothing. He finally gets rescued by Jawas and that's where he discovers um, Boba Fett's armor in the ship. And he said they they tried to they tried to give him a lot of other stuff, but he didn't want it. Now, the one thing I couldn't find is that droid, that first astromech droid that rolls up is a very specific color tone. And I don't mm. know whose droid that is or if it's a reference to something else. Um, I'll have to do a little research on that, but I just thought it was interesting that they put that astromech right in yeah, the front with yeah. that color scheme. Like it's gotta be some reference to something. Now I just gotta say that this is just such a cool episode. I mean, I know we're doing a, I know we're doing a really deep dive, but this was just from an emotional standpoint, seeing Boba Fett's armor in a mm -hmm. sand crawler on Tatooine after return of the Jedi. Yo, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, and I know that we, I know that we joke about Boba Fett being alive and, you know, whatever. And the after, we talk about the aftermath books, but to actually see this on screen, man, like, mm -hmm. this is a fan moment. This was like a total, total for me, like, total fan moment. And it just felt so good seeing that. Yeah. So, anyways, go on, carry on. I just wanted to interject there. <laughs> so, as he's telling the story, you know, he, he, he basically is like, well, and that's, he goes back into the town, he kills the miners. Um, there's a great shot of him. The miners are trying to flee. They hop into a land speeder. They're trying to get away. He drops the little visor thing in front of his face to target him, leans forward, launches the jet, launches the missile out of the jet pack and blows up the land speeder. I thought that was a fantastic nod to the rocket firing Boba Fett toy that never was. And Amen, if, brother. And with I was how he, say it, and if, if you, you didn't say it, and if you watch, he didn't like you know move his arms or legs. He literally bent forward <laughs> at the waist <laughs> with his so arms good. to his side to oh, launch the so thing good. because the figure could only move forward and backwards with its right. legs. And right. I just thought that was a great, a, a great so cool. nod to that toy. Um, and then you know, as he finishes telling the story to Mando, he says that that exact same shot. Sorry, is also. Um, basically the same as a uh, Iron Man shot, mm -hmm. which is obviously a Favreau thing. Um, I thought oh, it was okay. kind of a marriage okay. of mm -hmm. the two. Very cool. So as he finishes telling the story, he 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 says this great comment. He says, "I guess every once in a while, both sun sh both suns shine on a womp rat's tail." So <laughs> God. <laughs> Very modern, very modern quote kind of translated into the Star Wars world. I thought that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so Mando says, well, we're going to need some help because this thing's 
a lot larger, I think, than I thought it was going to be. So they, you know, they track out the sand people because nobody knows crate dragons and sandworms or uh, sarlaccs better than the sand people. Uh, so they ride out, um, you know, they get into this rocky cliff area where they're surrounded by some massifs. Um, very dog. Uh, sand doggies. Yeah, sand, sand doggies, doggies. For those that uh, don't know. Have kind of like a hard outer armor like still some kind of like hairless spots but have like back armor of some kind um and anyway they you know they look very menacing in the beginning and then mando just goes right into his uh kind of sand people calls and knows how to talk to them and kind of calms them down so one he even was, comes he up he was speaking the tuscan language to them yes yes one comes up you know, he starts to pet it a little bit. You can see his little tail and his little butt wagon. It's pretty cute. I have to interject again. Now, our friend Hassan that goes by Fetmatic on social uh, was in the live chat for Razorcrest Reacts and said that Tuscan language is part of the Mandalorian um, education. Uh, Josh, have you looked into that at all? That was no. a pretty. I thought he was just pretty, saying that. I didn't think it was. Uh, I thought that sounds, it was, yeah, that's kind ultra of ultra specific. Silly to me because we were ultra specific. I think we were kidding around about the schools, but it, actually, if you okay. if you go back to some of those Clone Wars episodes, right? There's the ones where the kids, where Ahsoka was teaching the young government class or whatever to the Mandalorians. So their education mm. is actually that was under Duchess Satine. She was a total hippie. <laughs> their education though is pretty good it's true um so maybe they do maybe, maybe yeah you never know. You i don't never know. know um so anyway we you know the sand people kind of come around the corner and he starts to talk to the sand people we get more of that developed sign language um that's been established which is really cool to see um you know and then they kind of go back to the sand people camp they say well you know they want to kill also, the great dragon too they're also kind of showing that the the people of most Mos Pelga, right, uh, have yep. no no desire to even try to communicate or work with these mm-hmm. indigenous Tuscans, you know, because right, right, he yeah. pulls a gun and he's going to just start shooting these creatures, and he being Cobb Vanth. Mm-hmm. And he he's going to fight the Tuscans and, he, and Mando is like, well, you know, they're here. They're probably being terrorized by this same crate dragon that you are. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this common goal. And again, it's like we said before, and we've said a million times, it's a kid's show. And we're teaching people to overcome their differences and yeah. right. teamwork yep. and, and that kind of thing. Work teamwork together to achieve a common work. goal. Yeah. So they go back to camp, you know, and they're kind of t- discussing the the situation. And, uh, you know, Cobb is, you can tell he's not comfortable in the situation. And because and Man, Mando's sitting there talking to him. Um, and he understands what they're saying, but Cobb is clearly not comfortable with it. Um, they do offer a melon of some kind. Dark melon. Dark melon to Cobb to drink. And the hot juice. He did not look appetizing he, in his he defense. He did not want any part. I would agree. He's like, but it's insulting to their people to not drink it. I get it. it. I would have drank it. I would have drank I would have just sucked it up and drank it. Now, I guess the question would be, is it more of an insult to not drink it at all? Or is it more of an insult to try to drink it and then spit it out if you can't swallow it? I think they, oh. I think the, the Tuscans would have had a good time. You know what I mean? Like, they would have had a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this idiot. Yeah. So, That's all right. so anyway, he gets upset. He says, I'm not going to drink it. You can tell the same people are getting upset. So they start to kind of 
the the situation gets a little heated. Um, so uh, Mando turns on his flamethrower and just shoots it out there, gets everybody's attention, uh, and uh, it it solves all problems. So uh, they kind of calm down and basically say, "Look, we got to work together if we're going to do this." Um, and they go to they say, "Well, we know where this we know where it's at. It's over in this abandoned Sarlacc pit." Um, and he's he Cobb says, well, Sarlacc pits are now aren't abandoned. He says they are if what's in it eats the Sarlacc. Yeah, and, crazy. Uh, yeah, crazy. so clearly the Sarlacc is not the apex predator on this planet. Um, well, I got a my I had a friend that actually texted me about that. He's like, how does something eat a Sarlacc? And I'm like, well, you know, this crate dragon is very mobile, and I obviously the Sarlacc is huge and it can digest you over a thousand years, but. Uh, this crate dragon obviously has moves that the Sarlacc does right. not have just mm-hmm. laying there in its pit. When it could totally come up from underneath and get it or whatever it is. Sarlacc, actually, when we first saw the crate dragon go through the town, I thought it might be a Sarlacc because I the comics uh, teach us that when they're younger, uh, Sarlaccs are actually mobile before they anchor in somewhere. Mm, that sounds like a tremor. A, a graboid, if you will. <laughs> a graboid. <laughs> um, okay, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah, I kind of always viewed sarlaccs as like giant like tube worms under, you know, the ones in the ocean that literally are just long and they sit in a hollowed out like tube and they just kind of eat whatever floats above them. That's kind of what I, I viewed sarlaccs at. Like once That's they get what I want to be reincarnated as. A sarlacc or a tube worm? A tube worm. It sounds <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So <laughs> Mando basically says, look, we're going to need some help to get this thing after they scope it out. Um, and the funny thing was, was the was the one sand person takes a Bantha out there to offer it up oh, to, terrible. to help it terrible. sleep more. And like the 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 dragon kind of comes out and it doesn't eat the Bantha. It eats the sand person and just leaves the Bantha there. So good. That was pretty funny. Well, because I think much like a Graboid, this crate dragon seems to be operating off vibration. Yeah. They also said earlier in the show, you can't come at it with a ship because it can feel the the ship coming in the air and the vibration, it'll just hide. Um, But again, they should be listening to these indigenous peoples that have been inhabiting Tatooine for generations they're feeding this thing on a schedule to keep it hibernating and keep it away from them. And I guess every now and then the feeder gets sacrificed mm-hmm. on accident when he's trying to run away. Yep. So they make a deal and basically say, well, we're going to need help from the villagers. So they Cobb and Mando go back to the village to enlist the help of the people, which clearly do not want to team up with the sand people. Um, not even a little new, mm-hmm. um, you know, but they, I think they kind of come to this understanding that, look, we're not going to get rid of this thing unless we work together to uh, to try to solve the problem. So, um, you know, the sand people know how to kill it. Um, the villagers have the means to kill it. So let's work together and see if we can get this problem resolved. So um, the first scene, the, the scene with the um, sand people first rolling into the village was really cool because the music shifted. It kind of sounded very, um, uh, like Arabian nights, uh, kind of theme, like, uh, as they're rolling in, um, it, it was very cool to listen to. Um, and did you notice they traveled single file to hide their numbers? Yep. Um, and they come yes. rolling in and, you know, the townspeople are looking at them. They're very uncomfortable. Um, 
one of them as they're like loading the explosives onto the banthas uh drops the dynamite or or whatever the explosive and and yeah. one of the villagers clearly gets upset with him he's like are you trying to blow us all up and, and it, he would have i mean had it have gone off it would have killed everybody because mando and and Cobb were standing right there along with the Sam person uh you know so he i you know tension was a little hot there um Cobb steps in and and calms him down which i thought was key right he's kind of keeping his his people in check it wasn't mando that stepped in because at this point i think Cobb understands mando's point of view and he seems like a very reasonable guy that you know i i understand now i i get what's going on so uh, he stepped he's in. the one that the villagers will listen to. Yes. Yeah. Steps in, calms the situation down. Um, you know, they kind of start to travel out there. They look uh, they had this model set up. I think it was actually in this previous scene where they were discussing the scale of the dragon versus them. And Cobb had asked, you know, what's what are those little black dots? And he's like, that's us. And he's like, that's not right. That scale isn't right. <laughs> and he's like, he, he asks him in the sign language again. And he says, nope, it's to scale. And he's like, oh, right. crap. Um, you know, and they learn that the one weak spot is the belly of the beast um, in that conversation. Um, so anyway, they, they head out there. Um, they start to set up camp around the giant Sarlacc hole, right? Um, they bring giant crossbows with rope attached, uh, kind of harpooning to harpoon the beast. They dig dynamite or explosives into the sand so that when it comes up and it moves forward and gets on top of it, they can blow it up and it hits the belly. So the belly is um, the weak point. Yeah. So they, they bring it out, uh, to blow it up. And anyway, they start to, to offer up the banthas and call to the beast to try to wake it up. Sure enough, it, it comes out and uh, that's when they start to attack it, right? And they harpoon it. They try to pull it out. Um, it never actually makes it far enough for them to trigger the explosives the first time. And it started to go back in and I thought, Mando, I, I had I had to watch it with the subtitles on because I couldn't tell what he said at first. He says, Dank Ferric, it's going back in. I had never hmm. heard that term before. And I was like, what uh, you, is you have Dank actually Ferric? That that uh the the Mithral in the very first episode says oh, did the, he say the, it too? the same exact thing when they're getting attacked by that giant Ravenac. Um, really? Uh, yeah, he. It's like a I don't know. It's like some kind of expletive. Yeah. Tank so Ferric. like yeah, it's <laughs> like oh my god, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I looked. Uh, you can find it on Wikipedia, and um, it does say an ex an exclamatory expression, possibly an expletive, used to express huh. anger or frustration. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like that's funny. Fun little bit of uh, slang Ferric. in Star Wars there to use. But you know, next time you get frustrated with something, just give out a dank ferric and see what people say. Yeah, I'm more Do of a carabas kind of guy myself. <laughs> yeah, I am a carabas guy yeah. for sure. Criff, uh, <laughs> Sith spit. Some of the old uh, novel ones. God. Criff. <laughs> so Criff. kidding me. Hi, this is Delilah S. Dawson, your Star Wars friend, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast. So 
Kyle, will you be an angel for a helpless baby Yoda? Every day, baby Yoda is chased by bounty hunters and abused by scout troopers, and he's crying out for help. Please click the subscribe button on your screen and join the Star Wars friends with a monthly gift right now. For only 60 calamari flan a month, you'll help rescue baby Yoda from their abusers and provide food, shelter, Jedi training, and Beskar armor. Subscribe now and follow us on Twitter in the next 30 minutes to receive this tweet with a gif of baby Yoda, who's been given a second chance thanks to you. Baby Yoda needs our help, so please subscribe, rate, and review right away. This is Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Show. Do not underestimate the power of this podcast. Well, my name is Stephen Ray Morris, and I've been a Star Wars fan my whole life, and I'm happy to call myself a Star Wars friend. I know my thing is Jurassic Park, but I love Star Wars, and I dressed up for Ray for Halloween a couple years ago. So, yeah, enjoy Star Wars, friends. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Happy to be your Star Wars friend. You're listening to the Star Wars Friends Show. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Star Wars Friends Podcast. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars friends. As the creature starts to go back in, they start shooting it, uh, throwing explosives at it to kind of draw it back out. Sure enough, it gets pretty agitated. It riles up, comes back out a little further, and then just starts to spew hot acid at all of the people down below it, melting them in a really gruesome death. Um, Didn't know crate dragons could do that, Um, but it was pretty cool to see. Um, and then now, so they got the monster out, uh, far enough. They blow the explosives, uh, underneath it. Uh, it goes underground. They don't think they kill it. And sure enough, it pops up somewhere else. And and then it starts just wreaking havoc on all of the villagers. Um, yeah, it pops up from the top of the mountain and then starts spraying acid again. Yeah. I mean, that was terrifying. Yep. And Uh, here is where you almost, almost, almost get Boba Fett on a dragon because Cobb Vanth says, <laughs> we can't just stand around here doing nothing. We got to get moving or something like that. So he grabs his rifle, launches his jetpack. Mando follows. They fly up on top of the mountain and just start shooting the thing on the side of the head. It's kind of funny. Add, that was sweet. Go ahead. Sorry. I will add that there are two species of crate dragon the greater crate dragon that is featured in this episode and spits a corrosive acid and the canyon crate dragon which is uh different and does not spit acid Hmm. so there's that 
I think that that is a retcon because crate dragons didn't look like this uh, before this episode, um, and they were like four legged kind of. That's you know, the regular. canyon. That's crate. what I always thought. Yeah, that's well, no, that's I think that's dragon, a, and this a is retcon. the uh, greater crate dragon according to the current status. I thought it was um, kind of funny though that this, you know, the the design I got made for to troll you was Boba Fett on the dragon from Dragon Ball Z, which is kind of like a snake with a dragon head for the most part. And so that this was kind of the same thing. It wasn't like your traditional dragon with the wings and stuff. It was basically a big, you know, worm. That would be like a, like a Asian dragon, Japanese dragon. Yeah. Um, the, I, while I was researching the crate dragon, I did also discover that that thing actually has, 10 legs, five sets of legs that are underground, helping it swim through the, uh, the loose gross. sand. So, and we didn't like even see those. So it's gotta of. be like, so, so big. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Kyle is an uh, amateur, uh, star Wars zoologist. <laughs> I'll take it. Hey, one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So these guys are on jetpacks. They fly up yep. there and we finally get to see what Boba Fett would look like with a functioning jetpack. Um, so very glorious to see this. I really like these jetpack scenes. I think the animation's fantastic. Yeah. I think the, everything about this is so much fun. Cool seeing the jetpacks in action and uh, still nothing is happening. Like it actually gets they can't worse. Hurt it. Yeah. Yeah. They can't, they can't hurt it. it. It's a so uh, plan F. Plan F happens. They go <laughs> yeah, back down to Earth. We're working through all of them now. So they, you know, it turns on them, tries to take a bite out of them. They fly back down. Um, it's clearly not working. Um, Mando kind of, you know, basically says, look, you know, I got to do something. He's like, I need you to watch the child. And here is where he gets very haphazard with the care of the child. Like, you're really going to leave him with Cobb Vanth and just a guy that you met like two days ago. Um, but he says, I got to do something. He's like, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, I don't know yet. I'll figure it out. Right. But then he sees. He knew he was being he, cheeky. He kind of knew. Yeah. He sees the, uh, he sees the Bantha bath bomb and, uh, decides yeah. I'm going to use that as part of my bait. So he yes. goes over and it's, it's a very Jonah in the whale esque plan where I'm just going to get swallowed by this thing because clearly it's sensitive on the inside, not the outside. Once I get in there, I think I can do some damage. So um, he grabs the Bantha who tries to run away at one point, And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Pulls him back, uh, gets swallowed by the giant crate dragon. Um, it goes underground again and then it pops up and you can clearly see the like pla the plasma rifle shots or the electrode stuff kind of coming out of the crate dragon's mouth as as Mando flies back out. Um, and then he hits the explosives to blow up the crate dragon using the Bantha bath bomb from inside. And we have giant rain of, of, uh, crate gooey stuff. And, uh, he did <laughs> not totally dissimilar from, uh, fishing for the giant fish Tremors or the giant, and, yep. uh, uh, like worm in the desert in rebels with the clones. Mm-hmm. Where they yep. use Zeb as bait and you swallow Yeah, it. that's right. That's right. Or Kevin Bacon in Tremors. It's true. <laughs> he never got eaten, though. No, he did not. Um, so really, the last shots that we see uh, in this episode are 
Um, the sand people harvesting the meat from the crate dragon. Clearly, clearly there is plenty to go around. Uh, Mando apologizes to Cobb Vanth, basically says, I'm sorry, I didn't have time to tell you my plan. He says, no, it's okay. I understand. He gives him, he's got a, the Mandalorian armor bundled, the jetpack, the, the gauntlets, the helmet, sets it up on the bike. Um, you know, they say, I hope we cross, cross paths again one day. He says, I do too. Um, and he says, oh. Set up. Set up. You know you're going to see him again. He goes, oh, and tell your people I wasn't the one that broke that. <laughs> on referring <laughs> that to the jetpack, which was kind of a nice little nod to the damage <laughs> on the back of it. That um, was good. And then uh, you see the discovery of the pearl uh, from the crate dragon. And the sand people are clearly happy about that. Um, and then it ends with Mando riding across the desert with an ominous onlooker watching them cross this plane on the speeder bike as the twin sons of Tatooine are setting. Uh, and as he turns around, we recognize him as Tamara Morrison as. Classic care, classic character reveal. I mean, you think the episode's over mm -hmm. rides off in the sunset. Now your Western saga is complete in episode one. You had the, you had the, uh, the lone gunman, you had the sheriff, you had the walk down the, uh, the dusty old trail. You had the entering the town, the cantina, the whole deal. You had everything, mm -hmm. all the Western tropes. And then now your cowboy warrior is going to ride off in the sunset. Then all of a sudden your show goes into a letterbox format and you're right. You get this, uh, you get the lone, lone gunman on the ridge or whatever, the samurai, Whatever it is, uh, it's the scarred bald man. <laughs> it's clearly yeah. both. Um, They've the, made that his photo on Wikipedia. I don't know if you guys saw something uh, in the chat or in the text. So <laughs> um, I did read a little bit about that that crate dragon pearl, uh, and it said that they eat they eat rocks to help with digestion, like birds do, I guess. Uh, but the 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 rocks are broken down by that acid in their stomach that they can spit out, and uh, very rarely they will eat a rock that contains a kyber crystal, and that crystal is refined and uh, becomes hmm. a pearl in their stomach over the life of the crate dragon, which is hello like a boba or a very oh extensive God, lifespan. <laughs> hello Obi Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series, fishing for pearls with say, Obi Wan Kenobi. Do they say what they do with the pearl? Is it? They is said it they like can a, be used for. They can be used in lightsabers. I mean, that's a what kind of lightsaber are you making out of well, that? I pearl? don't. I don't imagine you'd use <laughs> the entire pearl. Yeah, you probably use, use a part of it, like refined coaxium. Well, I, I was well, like, just curious, like, is it a spiritual thing for them that they find it, right? Probably. It's, it's like no, I think it's like a super highly actual valuable thing. Okay, that's, that was the other one, is do they use mm -hmm. it for trade or other things I, like that? I imagine the sand people would probably trade it. Yeah, okay, uh, okay. I'm so, yeah. guessing, but because they did say a thing about one of the senators on Coruscant had a crate dragon pearl paperweight and said it was like one of the most valuable uh what an ass artifacts on <laughs> so uh, in the core planets or something crazy like that. So they're very rare, very wow. expensive. Nice. Um I don't need a crate pearl and I'm not gonna be buying the uh gentle giant crate pearl uh one six scale. Do you, you say that now? <laughs> yeah. Did you see we'll the see meme? It. Somebody put, uh, what was it, like Tatooine Jewelers, and it was like Padme. Oh, yeah, Cam Ray. Cam Ray. Cam Ray. At Cam Ray. He's also just He's like so on cool. a chain on her chest in the front, and it was yes. bigger than she was. 
He's a great follow on Twitter and <laughs> a really awesome. good person. That was awesome. Very good person. So at Cam Ray on Twitter, you'll see a lot of hilarious stuff. I thought I thought it was interesting though that you know Tamara Morrison when he turns around, he's bald. He has no eyebrows. He clearly has a scar running across the middle of his face. Um, he does have a gaffy stick, um, and he does have a rifle that is commonly carried by a sand person, and he does have kind of long robes on. You don't get a clear look at it because it is sunset, so everything's kind of dark. But, um, you know, it, it, for me, it kind of begged the question, well, was he helping them all along as like a sand person and just didn't do anything? Or is he really just kind of a loner kind of pretending to be a sand person on his own or, or something like that and just kind of overwatching them? So I think who I th- they've just, yeah. Who, yeah, whoever it is has just been living in the desert as like a nomad for all these years. Whoever so it is. Yeah, I know. So yeah, I mean, I would say, of course, I would say, you adopt the you know the methods of the indigenous people. You know, he's wearing well, the clothes and using the things that they use. So we'll see if we get a flashback. I mean, clearly they were not afraid of doing a flashback of the Cobb Vance story. So we'll see if an episode down the road uh, shows they a flashback, flashback of Mando's. Um, childhood too multiple times oh that's right yeah you're right yeah so they don't have any allergy to showing flashbacks so i would be interested to see if we learn why boba fett went into seclusion maybe more like whoever that clone is you know yeah so when boba fett goes into seclusion uh (laughs) they will here here's the thing i mean we know the mandalorians were hunted from by the empire we keep hearing stories of the purge yada 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 so did boba fett get that knowledge from somebody who rescued him could it be a fellow bounty hunter who rescued him from the Sarlacc pit and was like, yo, dude, you put that armor back on. You're a dead man. The Empire's after you. And then kind of just lived a lived a nomadic life. Um, could be possible. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm excited anyway we cut it. Whether whether it is Boba Fett, it isn't. I would be fucking shocked to see what story they would come up with if it wasn't Boba Fett. So that would be absolutely insane is there uh, and is there an ahead, in Kyle. canon explanation for where boba fett did get his armor no uh no no okay mm. not anymore not in, no there might no. have been but there might have been before but i don't think there is now that was a story i was hoping would be told in the clone wars mm. you know boba's little gang with uh with bosk and aura saying and all that whatever boba's boba's buddies because you know it's a it's a it it, it, it's a can of worms like is that his father's armor that he obviously would be hunting down and following uh he's he's a clone he's not a true mandalorian you know maybe uh, his father potentially wasn't a true mandalorian there's like all these weird things so like it's a lot to unpack well you know what is his motivation is would he even be hiding because they are chasing down mandalorians he doesn't have the armor and he's you know it wouldn't even apply to him anymore i don't know yeah. there's it's just a lot of questions about what a his lot. motivation a might be I'm happy you're asking questions about Boba Fett. So when we get that official backstory, you'll be uh, first one in line and for that. Well, Boba I just Fett don't want you guys. I just don't want you guys to be disappointed when we find out it's Commander Cody who's just been dealing with his guilt in the desert for years. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> and I'm I'm with like I'm with you, Chris. Like I just I don't I don't see him coming out of the Sarlacc pit without the armor attached to him. Like right, it's not a chicken right, and egg thing. Be. Like what came out first, Boba Fett or the armor? Like, because clearly one's not getting out with the uh, without the other. So I think he got out 
what made him shed the armor or what happened to cause him to lose the armor. May I recommend to everybody listening right now the book The Mandalorian Armor, which is part one of three of the Boba Fett series from the 1990s, where it details where it details <laughs> Boba Fett's escape from the Sarlacc pit and is rescued by Dengar and an associate, uh, Sans Armor. Sans yeah, armor. The only escape from the Sarlacc pit I want to hear about is Patton Oswald in the courtroom in Parks and Rec. <laughs> Fair. I'll deal with it. So um, Wikipedia actually says that um, according to the Star Wars, the complete visual dictionary new edition that uh, Boba Fett's armor is Django's armor just modified. That's what I thought. What I, I thought like I read assumption. that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because last yeah, time I you I see him, he's sitting there with his dad's head in his hands. So I figure right. like he's not just going to leave the planet and leave the armor there. He's going to strip it off his dad and take it with him. You just don't yeah, see it and in the that, Clone Wars. that armor has some kind of um, sentimental value to him. You know, yes. whether it's his personal heritage or not, it was his dad's thing. Mm-hmm. And he watched Clones his dad have feelings get too. right in front of him. Mm-hmm. I, I have this dumb thing in my head. It's not, and it makes me laugh every time. Do you guys remember the Chappelle show skit Black Bush? Of course. Okay. Yes. And so, Chappelle's you know, show just went up on Netflix, everybody. So uh, America, yeah, go yeah, watch Chappelle's show again. And he was talking about how he's not yeah. getting paid for it on SNL. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> but he, he's doing at one fine. Point he Don't goes, worry about Dave Chappelle. He, he's like, he tried to kill my father. And then he, he pulls the mic down. He tried to kill my father. Like, in my mind, I, wanted, I want Boba Fett to be, like, asked about the Jedi and then be like... He killed my father, but in like the Dave Chappelle way that he said it in that skit. Oh, Tamora's got that on lockdown. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's probably going to happen. So that's right yes. up Tamora's acting alley. It's a scoop. Little yeah, I like that. No, that's, I love that. Scoop of the show. That's episode so, nine. So Two scoops. That was episode nine. Brand. So lots to unpack. Clearly, uh, clearly. So here's the deal. Great episode. Amazing start to the series. Really loved it. It it really it expanded some lore. It built up Tatooine. It really added the backstory uh, to that planet. Really added a visual to it. Um, lots of great connections to original trilogy content. Some connections to the prequel trilogies. I mean, really, it was a it was a friggin' knockout show. And John Favreau and crew did a mm-hmm. incredible job. Very excited with it. Cobb Vanth is a fan favorite. No issues there. Everyone loves Cobb Vanth. Uh, Peli Motto still up in the air in my book. Anyway, all right, let's move on to chapter ten. Let's just try to get this wrong for the sake of she's doing fine. (laughs) Um, now this is already is an hour and forty two minutes. So um, let's try to roll through over the high points here. Yeah, yeah. So chapter 10 is the most recent, so it's probably freshest on your memory if you're listening to the Star Wars Friends podcast. Uh, and we did do a Razor Crest Reacts of this show, which you can find on YouTube at Star Wars Friends Podcast. Feel Friday free to nights, subscribe join if us. you'd like. Yes. That's right. Every Friday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So here it is, chapter 10, which is called The Passenger. I thought it was going to be that water episode that we saw in the trailer. Sure enough, it was the Snow Planet episode. So, which uh, was Ilum, right? It had to be Ilum because why wouldn't they go to Ilum? The only Snow Planet they would it, possibly go to would be Ilum. 
So I don't know if any of us on this particular show were diehard Ilum stands yeah, for that. You all said it was Ilum, and I said we don't know that it's Ilum, and you're like, well, of uh, course it's Ilum, of course. Actually, it's Ilum. I think we just speculated, but no. If we no. if we want to go full circle, if we want to go full circle, <laughs> earlier in this episode, you were very confident that the the Mandalorian armor left in the covert was because the bounty hunters killed them and they scavenged him up. I was watching Disney Plus while Justin was going over the episode. Uh, chapter nine, and I actually pulled the quotes. And Mando asks, asks Grief Carva, Grief Carga, several times if this was the work of the mm-hmm. bounty hunters, and Grief emphatically said no several times. And then the armorer came to Grief's rescue and said, "No, we have revealed ourselves." Uh, what does she say after this? We knew what could happen if we left the covert, and all the Mandalorians left their armor in a giant. Uh, hunk pile right here. So that's actually mm, quote from. She the, did not say all the Mandalorians <laughs> left their armor in a giant hunk pile. I kind of just, um, yeah, I, I kind of yeah. just added Direct that last quote. sentence there. No, 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 no. But she said, "No, we revealed ourselves." Um, yeah, she said our it. our secrecy was our safety, and they revealed ourselves, and that's what got them all killed. I don't think they're dead, dude. You think they just left their Beskar armor and went off to be Mandalorians without any? Yes. That In makes hiding. But is it- zero sense whatsoever. Some, some may have escaped off world. Sure. There we go. With their armor. Okay. The, that pile of armor is because all those people died. Now, do we think all of it was Beskar or do we think she was just melting it down? Because in, in the beginning, Mando's We'll call it Mark One suit, right? In honor of Iron Man, his Mark his Mark One suit <laughs> is not Beskar armor. It's yeah, it's that something else. I mean, he even has whatever. a shore trooper yeah. pauldron on his right arm. It's not Beskar armor, and the pile doesn't look like. And and they're all jealous when he gets the full. Uh, what does she call it? Um, I can't remember what she calls it. She uh, she references the full suit. Right. Yeah. Of armor. And she's and and they're all jealous of that. Even heavy Mando when he comes in, he's like, dude, where'd you get this? He's like, this is stolen in the raids. You know, you're about to get a full suit of Beskar armor with stolen goods. So I think they're all jealous of it. I don't know if all of that was actual Beskar armor or just armor that was dropped. I don't know. I don't know. Mystery pile of armor. Mm. <laughs> we shall see. Yeah. We shall On to see. the passenger. All right. Chapter 10, Passenger. Let's do a lightning round, Passenger, since it's fresh on all of our mind. Uh, John Favreau wrote this, Peyton mm-hmm. Reed of Ant-Man and the Wasp fame. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and bring I it see on. the notes here. <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> okay. And the breakup. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very cool. Pelimato's back, uh, or Amy Sedaris is Pelimato's mm-hmm. back. We have Misty Rosas as Frog Lady. D. Bradley Baker as the voice of Frog Lady. Very cool. Now, we did learn that um, Frog Lady is also, um, or I should say Misty Rosas is also who plays Quill. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very cool. Richard Ayoade. Ayoade, I think. Ayoade. Ayoade as Zero. zero, So we get the reprisal of that character. Paul Sun uh, Young Lee. Is Captain Carson Teva and Dave Filoni as Trapper Woo-hoo. Wolf? Of course, why not? Makes every episode better when <laughs> Dave Filoni is involved. So very cool. This is a creature feature. This is a thriller. This is a dime store horror film. This is a very cool episode. Very fun. Lots of big um, actiony set pieces in these first two episodes. 
Yeah, big, big, and the and the animation, the CGI is like world did, class. I mean, this is really, did you really guys, high end stuff? Did here. you guys notice the volume at all? Like when you were watching it, did you feel like you could discern what was the volume and what was not the volume? In the last two episodes, only the Tuscan Raider nighttime scenes. Okay, okay. Because I had seen a, so I had seen a comment that. Somebody was like, well, when I didn't notice the volume, it was really good. And I was like, well, I didn't notice the volume hardly yeah, no, at all. I didn't, like, it's, it's, no, I don't I even think about it. People yeah. just say that because it was in the in the show. I'm smart. Yeah. Um, I would just say, enjoy the show. Just mm-hmm. enjoy the show. Yeah, Try not to I've think about the technical. I, I mean, I kind of like, either. to your point, in the nighttime scenes, I kind of got it a little bit there. But yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, all right. Quick rundown. Yeah, let's roll through this. Yep. All right. Lightning round. Pick, uh, we pick up where we last left off. Mando's speeding across the desert with the child. He's got his his Boba Fett armor with him. Um, a giant hunk of meat on the back of his his uh, speeder to bring to <laughs> uh, Peli Mato. Um, and as he's rolling through the desert, we see some pirates or bounty hunters or raiders kind of setting up a booby trap. Uh, classic tripwire maneuver, right? Get him as he comes through the pass. We're going to pull the string, knock him off the bike, um, which they succeed in doing. Um, you know, Mando flips over. I felt so bad because the child not wearing a safety oh, belt goes rolling across the desert Everyone as Mando uses his jetpack to fly to safety. Um, <laughs> And, you know, clearly the kid's like, what just happened? And then, um, you know, they they try to take the child and one of them clearly says, get the child. So I don't know if these were I would assume they were sent uh, still tracking the bounty from the fobs um, at this point, because they understand that he's still a wanted uh, thing. Oh, yeah. So anyway, he dispatches. The hunt's still on, baby. Yep. So, I mean, they're just they're, from a storytelling purpose. They are just explaining to the watcher that like, yo, he's not safe. Yeah. And this will be a, I think it'll be a theme that they're going to carry out through the rest of the season. Yeah. So um, one of the raiders or, or bounty hunters, whatever you want to call him, decide, you know, he's he's trying to he's got the child. He's trying to help the other two dudes that are fighting Tito. Mando in hand to hand to hand combat that are not succeeding. Um, pulls a gun on him. Mando grapples it, pulls it back, knocks both of those guys out. The only thing he has left because he's the only man standing is to grab the child and put a knife to his throat. Um, little Tito, yeah, little Tito dude. Um, bad move all around because Mando says, yeah. "There is no pl- if you harm one hair on that child, there is no place in this galaxy that you can hide that I won't find you." And uh, he's clearly pissed at this point. He's like, "Look, I'm willing to trade with you. Whatever you want, you can salvage the bike. You can take whatever you want. There's good stuff over there." And little Tito dude like starts pointing at his jetpack, like, "Give me the jetpack." <laughs> And so Mando's like, yeah, sure, man. You can have the jetpack. He's like, here, I'll put it down. Easy. Sets it down. Easy deal. You know, he sets the child down. Uh, he grabs the backpack and starts running off into the desert with nothing else, just the backpack. Mando <laughs> picks up, you know, child comes running up to Mando. Mando picks him up. And he's like, you okay? He's like, yeah. He's like, all right, let's have fun with this guy. So hits the remote switch on his gauntlet for the jetpack and launches said Raider up into the air. So uh, cool. Flies the interaction around for a little cute. bit. Um, yeah, and you can see as you watch the child there in, in Mando's helmet, they're both kind of moving around uh, in synchronization, watching, watching this cool dude scene. fly around. And then finally you just see this body fall. 
<laughs> plummet to his death. Funny. So funny. <laughs> um, Jetpack, you know, he hits another button. It comes back over, lands on the ground and just goes whoop, and falls right Plops over. like yep. R2-D2. Yep. And just falls to the ground. And then that's where we we find our heroes at the beginning of the show. Uh very cool opening. Yes. Very cool yes. opening. Very fun. Action pack. Wasn't too crazy. Uh, poetry. It rhymes with the jetpack R2-D2, just like we had the Han Solo Boba Fett jetpack in the previous chapter. Just fun things to do on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. uh, want to hit all those notes in different ways. Uh, Tito is a scavenger. I like that little tie into The Force Awakens. Um very cool, but yeah, Mando easily dispatches them in a very beautifully choreographed fight scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the the so- reusing of the aliens that they've been doing this season from uh, other shows or movies, um, and even season one. Um, when we get to Doctor Mandible here, he was actually in the background, I think, in the cantina the yes. first time uh, that we saw him. So, um, you know, he's a regular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, nice Dr. that they're Mandel's it's nice that they're up, doing yeah. that. Um, you know, when we come back, um, when we come back from uh, the opening, you know, Mando's still trekking across the desert on foot. He's got you know all his gear on his his rifle across his body. Um, you know, child, both backpacks, the Mandalorian armor. Um, it's a very cool look. Yeah, very cool. Look. Yeah, goes strolling back into the town again. Goes back to the bar. Uh, finds <laughs> finds Pelly at the bar. Um, she is a uh, couple spotchkas deep. Yeah, yeah, drinking with her good friend Doctor Mandible. Which, snorts. Yep. Which we as we're walking in, you cl- you see a giant white alien. This is another one of those callbacks to aliens from previous movies or shows. But it's a Gagorin, uh, like Moroff in uh, Rogue One, the giant white woolly alien thing that had the giant backpack on its back so oh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you see him at the bar talking to a lady and then he moves into the bar and um you know he's he's that's where he finds you know pelly playing sabak with dr mandible uh and she clearly understands the language that dr mandible speaks um dr mandible is a giant ant some kind of alien so ant which is a, a nice nod to the director uh of this episode well, is well actually, Josh, you put in there it's a Killick, which would be from the Joiner yes. King uh, series. So, um, very good books. That's actually you the are... Darkness trilogy, Chris. The Joiner oh, King Jesus is the name Christ. of the I first book. Sign off this show right now. I've already got the Mandalorian <laughs> thing wrong. I don't even know why the fuck you guys have me on the show. All right, um, um, it, it wouldn't make sense though because they do have a hive mind. So having one be out by himself doesn't really make sense. But who knows? He's he's getting drunk for the rest of the hive. Can I? <laughs> Can I say I thought it was weird that Pelly didn't seem to care that he totally just lost her speeder bike that she lent him out of the kindness of her <laughs> right, heart. Right. He came back with all, yeah, like, everything strapped on his shoulders, and she's like, uh, hey, cover Dr. Mandible's <laughs> bet here. I don't know. She didn't even care. Um, Can I just bro, say that-, that when he had that pack on... He had the pack on, like, over his arms, and then he had, like, Baby Yoda, like, tucked into, like, the front of him, and he had his, his helmet, the Arboba's helmet. He looked like he looked like a cosplayer at the end of, like, Merch Day at Celebration with all of his, <laughs> yeah. with his haul. Yes. That's yes. how we're Here's all going to carry our merch this year. I'm going <laughs> to yep. make us all, like, things to put across our shoulders and carry yeah, it's funny. hanging right. nets. Hello there, Star Wars friends. It's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and resident John Williams one percenter. 
Do you want to be a John Williams one percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you show off your elite status to those around you. Not only has John won countless awards and accolades, Oscars, Grammys, etc., but the apple does not fall too far from the tree either. His son, Joseph Williams, is the lead singer of the Grammy Award-winning band Toto. Make sure to stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. The moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation. Hey, I'm Jason Pride. Thanks for listening to Star Wars Friends podcast. this episode of the star wars friends podcast subscribe to the star wars friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news in-depth analysis fan questions and conversation on all things star wars if you're enjoying the star wars friends please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on and make it a great one now back to the star wars friends Um, so they're, they're talking and, and it's interesting because, you know, the first thing she's, one of the first things she says to him is you finally found a Mandalorian and you killed him because <laughs> he's, yeah, right. he, he's got his armor just draped on him. And she's like, what the heck? I thought you were finding another Mandalorian. There can um, be one. You know, and she's like, well, what happened? And he's like, well, I, you know, how'd you get it? I had to kill a crate dragon. She's like, oh, is that all? Like, I know <laughs> right. what a crate, yeah, yeah, so I know what a crate dragon is. is. Like, you're right. No big deal. Um, so anyway, she asks him to spot Dr. Mandible's um, call bet, um, you know, for the hand that she was playing with him, which she pulls out an idiot's array, uh, which is uh, the, the, was, best the best hand in Sabacc that you can get. Um, so she clearly won a little bit of cash. She can buy herself a new speeder bike with that. Um, maybe that's why she didn't ask about her old one. Um, but anyway, so we discover that Dr. Mandible knows where Mandalorians may be or has a contact that knows, knows someone who knows knows someone who knows he's got a guy. Yeah, Yeah. he's got a guy. Um, so he, you know, he says, look, the, the contact will rendezvous with you at the hangar. Um, no big deal. So Pelly and, and Mando kind of head out of there and, uh, um, head back over to, uh, the, the, the hangar. Um, it, I thought it was really cool when they go back in and, and they've got the meat, right? Um, they decide to put the meat on the spit and you see the droid. The it pit, looks the, delicious. Um, yeah. It, look, it looks Ooh. like, um, if I want to say like a Euro and it's like a Euro yeah, like when you go yeah, into a Greek restaurant. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the droid that's doing it was actually one, like, uh, a kind of a nod to, um, what is his name? One of the bent, like Ben Quadranero or whatever. One of the pod racers, uh, droids, in episode one, but it was also a kind of a nice droid. nod. Yeah, it's kind of an also also a nice nod to Galaxy's Edge, where they're totally. using I mean, the, that's where, that's the engine to to cook the meat, and this droid's just kind of rotating the spit in front of the the engine that's sitting yeah. there. So, yeah, um, that was really really cool. Um, but anyway, you know, they start talking about you know the per, the contact that's coming, and Pelly says I can vouch for, her and blah blah blah, and um, you know, he he says, well, how does how do they know? How does he know? Or how does the contact know there's Mandalorians there? And um, she says, well, her, her, her frog lady comes in. Sorry. Frog lady 
comes in and uh, doesn't speak any basic. Um, <laughs> so they kind of have a conversation back and forth and they find out, well, her husband works on another planet that has seen Mandalorians and, and knows that they're there. So if you give me passage to the planet so that I can, uh, uh, you know, grow my kids, my frog eggs, um, then my husband can help you and tell you where the Mandalorians are. And that's basically the deal uh, that they they came to. And and here we go with the slang again. Um, Pelly <laughs> Pelly says there's one small skank in the scud pie. Uh, which I thought was interesting. So weird. Um, and then she says, basically, you know, you have to travel, travel fly in the sublight. Oil. Yeah, you have to travel, travel sublight. Um, because if you uh, if you travel via light speed, you're going to ruin the eggs. Um, and they're going to the estuary moon of Trask in the system of ga- of the gas giant Cole Ibin is where it's one system over, apparently, though, from Tatooine. Um, so, so many planets. Yeah. So he says, all right, I'll do it. Um, you know, and here we see uh, ma- uh, baby. We see the uh, child's fascination with the eggs um, kind of eyeballing a snack. He's snack, starving. Snack, snack, if you would. Um, Have you ever seen the Mandalorian feed him? No. Well, yeah, that's yeah. why he's starving. Well, he gave him bone broth. Mm, bone broth. Bone broth. Bone broth. Oh, he, he got a, a cup of broth in the third episode? Come <laughs> he on, guys. He's a growing one cup boy. cup of bone broth eight weeks ago. <laughs> hey, hey, he's not Brad Pitt eating in every scene he's ever been in, okay? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So they get on the ship. Um, they load up the ship, and the journey begins. Uh, Mando is trying to make small talk with the frog lady in the front of the ship. Hilarious. Failing way. miserably. <laughs> failing miserably. So good. Um, asks if she speaks Hatties and then says something in Hatties and she just looks at him blankly like, I have no idea what you're saying. She only speaks frog. It's yeah, only, only frog only speaks for her. frog. Um, I wish he would have said, Yewana Wanga. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Um, How awesome. So, you know, they're they're traveling sublight, so it's clearly going to be a slow trip. So Mando basically says, look, um, you know, uh, I got to he's like, I'm going to go get some shut eye. Uh, he goes down below the hangar and he sees um, the, the child devouring an egg <laughs> and basically <laughs> says, no, stop, don't do that. Pulls him away, closes it up. Um, yeah. And basically settles and the, in for the night in the and the scene was set up uh, with a prior cut of the child wandering towards that basket, yeah. which was you knew it was going to yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Classic. see. I didn't because they played that really? like, oh, it's so cute music. And I was like, oh, he's just what? like maybe he has some force connection. He puts no. his hands on the glass and you see the eggs moving towards his hands like they uh. like he's I don't know if he's using the force to pull them towards him or if they're going kind of like on their own. But um Anyway, so they, you know, they, he eats an egg. Mando says, no, don't do that. We're going to go sleep now. He crawls in the little sleeper compartment, right? But you can see man, the bit, the child has a little hammock above him now. So he's got his own little sleeping area, which is pretty cute. Uh, and then he gets woken up by an alarm. Uh, the ship is shaking and there's an alarm. He's, uh, I would guess, warning shots um, by uh, who we, you know, see again, Trapper Wolf. And um, what was it? What was the other guy? Captain Carson Peva. Teva. Tevo. 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 No, Carson. Carson Peva. P. No, it's a, it's a T. Okay. I, I swear I looked it up. It's a T. Tevo. Um, so he 
So he's, you know, he gets woken up, I'm assuming, by blaster bolt across could the bow. Could have been proximity, proximity alarm, too. That's what I assume. That could be, too. Yep. Yep. So he wakes up, um, runs upstairs, um, and we, we see, um, you know, two X-Wings on the sides. I did look, because I was like, are these the new Republic, or are these the Poe Dameron New Republic, uh, I think it's a T-70? I, I think that's the model. Um it, it was the old school ones because they had the full engines, not the half engines. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like on the new yeah. X-Wings, you get half the engine up top, half the engine on the bottom. But on the old school X-Wings, you got four full engines uh, sitting there. So I, I went back and I looked at that. Um, but anyway, they're, you know, basically saying, look, you're, you're flying undocumented. Um, Still late was out. Yeah. <laughs> Tail lights out. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he got pulled over for being a Mandalorian, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it was probably um, all Mando. What did he, yep. he didn't have a transponder. He wasn't. Right. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't transponding. Yeah, he wasn't transponding. He said, well, by the new rules, I don't have, or this ship's so old, I don't have to do that. Yeah, they had and just they said, changed well, the rules in the sector. Yeah, you're now in New Republic space. You need to do that. Um, you know, and he, they're like, well, we're looking for, you know, Imperial hideouts. Well, if I see any, I'll let you know. And they say, sure. Thank you. We're still going to need that ping. And <laughs> he's like, oh, crap. So he's trying to figure out what to do. Um, you know, there was another nod, I think, you know, when he thought they were leaving and he says, may the force be with you. And there was another nod right there to the force and something other than just and the Jedi. also with you. Yeah. Um, and anyway, they, you know, they go over to channel two. Um, Trapper Wolf asks Captain to go to channel two. Um, they talk for a little bit. They come back. Um, they open the X-Wing. They open the uh, foils into attack position. Um, and that's when you knew it was on too. It was like, yeah, uh-oh. yeah. You were like, uh oh, they're on to you. And they do. I, they did mention, you know, either transmit your code or he'll need to follow them to the outpost at Adelphi um, was the location that they gave. Um, so at this point, Mando says, nope, I'm not doing that and decides to duck down to the planet that's below him um, and the chase ensues. So they break atmosphere. He's flying around pretty quick. Uh, there's a comment by Trapper Wolf that says, what does he think he's doing at this atmosphere? Is his ship's going to break apart. Um, <laughs> frog lady is awake at this point, uh, yes. screaming for her life. And there was a, a great shot when he, he comes into the atmosphere. He kind of like, you know, does this e-brake uh, skid and does like a 180 turn and then just cuts the engines out and the ship just drops straight down. And great you can hear move. the, yeah. And you can hear this just, from the engine just dropping and then it cuts to frog lady and she's screaming almost in the same pitch as the engine falling and it was just a great cut scene there so good um and you know so he's basically trying to outmaneuver uh them he does end up losing them he breaks through uh he drops down to like i guess the planet's surface and you know kind of puts it under this little ice cave and thinks he's got it made and then all of a sudden like the bottom drops out and he falls down another level to some dark snowy ice cave um you know the ship's a mess uh he goes wrecked. it's wrecked he goes down to make sure that the child's okay and the eggs are okay he doesn't find him at first he finally hears like a little slurping noise 
pulls over this cover and there's the child back into the eggs again, eating more. Uh, that so container him, needed a lock. It, does. it really did. He was using the force to pull the eggs too. Yeah, did you guys it was. That? Yeah, in the no. well, I didn't notice that as he pulls them out. I noted like he put his hand on the glass at one point and they moved. It was drawing them to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they. <laughs> so anyway, the, there's a giant hole in the hall um, of the ship uh, at the bottom of the sea, and so he can't get out. <laughs> And he basically says, look, we're in for the night. You know, we need to get warm. We'll figure this out, you know, in the morning. Um, and he's given up. Hope. Yeah, he's, he's lost he's, all hope at this point. Yeah, he's like, he's let's go to sleep. He's tired. Just fought a crate dragon. Yep. He's just had it. Yep. So had to deal with frog lady. He, he curls in. Child kind of curls up with him under the blanket. Super cute. Um, and then all of a sudden, Mando's woken up by a familiar voice. And it's zero. Uh, very cool voice. Yeah, yeah. Very cool modulated droid droid voice. Yeah. Frog lady apparently is very tech savvy and rewires Zero's head to use the vocabulator. Um, you know, and, and she starts talking to him like, look, I need to get off this planet. If they freeze and die, that's on you. Um, you know, and he's he's trying to say, look, the deal's off. We're not getting out of here uh, anytime soon. Right. So I hit, I can't the, honor hit the, deal. the bricks, lady. Yeah, she says, I, I thought it was interesting. She says, honoring the deal. I thought honoring the deal is part of the Mandalorian code, or I guess those were just stories for children. Um, I thought that was very interesting because we're Got clearly, him. yeah, we're clearly at a point where Mandalorians, much like the Jedi are, I don't want to say stories or myths, but they are, um, you know, tales of them exist, but nobody, r- people rarely see them. So you know, got him right there. And he said, Nope, I'm going to head out. I'll fix the ship right now. Um, you know, so he starts to kind of survey the ship, realizes it's a mess, um, starts working on some wiring on the outside of the hall. And then you see the child kind of come around and he's trying to talk to him and like pointing, uh, over in a different direction and, uh, starts to walk away. He's like, why don't you be useful? Why don't you come and help me? And, then the child just kind of walks away. So he follows the child around and realizes frog lady is gone. She's taken off. She took her eggs bolted somewhere in this icy cave. They don't know where. So he puts on his little heat visor and uh, starts to track the steps. Um, eventually finds the frog lady in a hot spring in this cave somewhere. Right. Um, just taking a bath with her kids. And uh, they're all just all floating in the top. Look like little boba balls in a drink that you get from uh I think they were trying to keep Disney warm because it was so cold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... And I, I'm not a zoologist. Amphibians like that, like frogs, I think they can... I think in winter they free, they can freeze themselves and unfreeze themselves. Correct? Is it, can, like, does anybody <laughs> know that? I, I think they can remember yeah. that from... Right? But yeah. I think they can also sense where heat is. Uh, heat sources so that they don't have to do that. So I think that's probably what ended up leading her there. Also just a nice place to just relax. Need some time to unwind on yeah. your long journey that got scuttled by the New it Republic. D- it did look relaxing. I'll it looked very yeah, I would like to hang out there. It looked very peaceful. Well, um, yeah. So they get into the cave and uh, you know Mando basically says look I need you to get back to the ship. I can't protect you here. Um, this is dangerous. Uh, we need to get back. So, you know, he starts loading the eggs back into the container. Um, she kind of grabs a couple. And and I got to say, the animatronics on that puppet were fantastic. Um, 
the eye movement, the mouth movement. There's oh, a unreal. little hole unreal. on the side of her head yeah. that moved too. Yeah. Um, it was just really, really cool to see. Unreal. Um, but anyway, in, in the interim, while he's trying to help her get the eggs back in, the child has wandered off and said, or he tries to eat another one out of the water. He says no. So the child walks away. Pouts. And pouts, he pouts and walks away. Walks away and finds these little pods in the ground and says, oh, what's this? And he kind of touches it a little bit and he's like, oh, it's soft. And he rips it open and then realizes, oh, it's full of gooey goodness. So he reaches in and he grabs whatever's in there. Disgusting. Kind of looks at wow. it for a second and goes, I can eat this and stuffs it in his mouth. And oh, my God. Disgusting. It was nasty. It was crunchy. It was gooey. Um, he didn't look like he was having a fun time eating it. I don't know. It was not moving whatever it was um, for sure when he pulled it out. And then as you kind of see, the camera pulls back. Um, you know, and there was tons of these eggs in there. And as it pulls back, you kind of see one of them kind of starting to wiggle a little bit and yeah, it like hive mind. pops open and then another one pops open and then a bunch more pop open. And then all of a sudden the little spiders start coming out and here's where you very alien. Yeah. Very here's alien. where you enter your horror movie, arachnophobia, alien, eight legged so cool. freaks, take your pick. Um, yep. all disgusting. Um, <laughs> and now I think they realize they're in a little bit of trouble. Um, yeah, I mean this ice cave is this ice cave is filled with literally thousands of spiders now in the middle of nowhere. I mean they're trapped and thousands upon thousands of spiders just emerge from these disgusting nests and they're all shapes and sizes. Yeah. You got yeah baby spiders which are disgusting. You have medium sized spiders which are disgusting, and then you have giant behemoth sized spiders which are also disgusting. Big, so big mama spider, yeah terrifying yeah and terrifying. these are if you know for those that have watched rebels or those that have seen macquarie artwork these are the same spider that you see essentially that were derived from that macquarie artwork yeah um, yeah through the show so cool yeah yeah they're um, not the exact same ones from rebels uh i had a little note about that these are ice spiders Apparently, maybe I don't have a note about it. Yeah, they are. They're similar, but different from kind of like the same species, but a different. The ones on Adelon and Rebels were called Krikna, K-R-Y-K-N-A. And these Mm -hmm. are ice spiders. So they they both have the visual similarities to that Ralph McQuarrie like concept art, but they are different things. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this one. This one definitely is is very close to the Macquarie artwork. Obviously, the Rebels has a is a similarity mm-hmm. too, but this one is like almost almost right out of the painting with all that. Uh, I mean, just the eyes and the mouth. Yeah, just, oh, yeah, gross. gross. The mouth yeah, all was the- a major difference between the two. I think between Rebels. And Agreed. The- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, you know, they kind of come out of other caves that are there, the bigger ones anyway. Um, and at this point, you know, they're. Mando picks up the child, throws the egg thing over his back. He said, come on, let's go. Frog lady, like in the interim had like used her tongue to snatch her clothes from the, the edge of the pool that she was in. Um, Biology, baby. Yeah. And clearly gets dressed very quickly. Um, And then mama spider comes up over the ridge. And at that point, it's just like, oh, boy, we're in trouble. Guns are guns are blazing at this point. They're running. Mando's got his his firearms going crazy. You got this monster of a of a spider, the big the big spider coming after him. And he launches a couple thermal detonators, tries to blow out the the cavern, Mm -hmm. thinks he got him. 
now at least the big but one. The big one. The big you one. still got all these little ones coming yep. through. Um, and it, yeah. they're they're running through these the the cave, and it's it was funny to watch because Frog Lady shifted from running on two legs Very to hopping. Cool. Very like, cool. I thought that was really cool. She like had to go um, full speed. Yeah, yeah. I I think at some point in her life she might have been um, visited France because it was kind of like parkour. <laughs> yes, she's like on the walls. Yep. Parkour. I didn't, I didn't even know like, that parkour was a particularly French thing. It is. I believe you. <laughs> so she shifts into full frog mode, goes hopping through the caves. Um, you know, they get to the ship. Mando's still blasting away. There was a really cool shot where one of the larger spiders finally shot a web and it pinned his hand with the gun to the side of the ship. And another smaller one kind of like jumped at him. He grabs it with his left hand and just crushes the thing, pulls his right hand off the ship and then just starts blasting again. Um, They get in the ship. uh, They're trying to make their way back up to the cockpit because it was the only place that was secure. Um, You know, as they get up there, you know, he's trying to close the doors. They're still trying to come in. I think three or four of them get in there and, one of them gets up on the child's head and then all of a sudden there's blaster bolts from somewhere else, not man, not Mando's. And, uh, you look over and there's frog lady who has her little noisy cricket blaster pistol noisy cricket, and, uh, just, you know, shot the apple off, off of the child's head and the old uh, William tell and the old William tell. And, uh, <laughs> she, I mean, she looked like, she uh, she looked kind of concerned but calm at the same time. I guess you could say. Oh yeah, like she yeah. Was I mean, like, Frog Lady plays easy. it cool. Yeah, but yeah. like she's I mean, concerned. When, when you at, when you learn from Boba Fett, oh, you kind of like just just like Omera in season one. Uh, Omera you also Fett, learned I say. from Boba Fett. What in the world? Yeah, is going being, on being right Boba now. Fett's daughter and all. Being Boba Fett's daughter and all. Omera Fett learned, and actually she might have taught Frog Lady. Uh, there might have been there some type of uh, estuary on that planet. Whatever that planet was Pagano or whatever you're undermining your own integrity Chris (laughs) Um, (laughs) so yeah it's a little hardcore so anyway so she blasts it off and she looks concerned but you know pretty calm in the shooting and Mando's kind of like oh my god I didn't even know you had a gun Um, but anyway they finally get the door closed he you know breaks out the flamethrower again uh, and this is like a scene out of The Walking Dead. I mean, they're trying to close these these doors mm-hmm. to seal yeah, up the cockpit, much. and these things just won't stop. Mm-mm. And the first thing I thought of was like, "Damn, when's this? When's his blaster going to run out?" Yeah, you know. Um, but the flamethrower scenes, I, I will never get tired of the Mandalorian flamethrower mm. ever, never. That flamethrower gauntlet is so badass. Uh, I'm so happy we get to see yeah. it so many times. So they get the door closed. They think they're safe. Uh, Mando starts to fire up the ship and he's like, well, let's see if this works. At least I can get out of this cave. And big mama spider drops in from the ceiling, puts her really gross mouth with lots of teeth on the glass and is scraping it all over and trying to break through. And then you hear scarier than a Minoc. Yeah. And then you hear very familiar blaster shots from uh, X-Wings and you, you see the red flashes um, kind of going over the cockpit, shooting the mama spider, uh, finally put her down. And then you continue to hear blaster fire. Uh, and Mando's like, what the heck is happening? And, you know, opens the door again, kind of works his way down the stairs, still hearing blaster fire. You can clearly see the, the hull, uh, the inside of the hull of the ship, though. There was cobwebs or spider webs everywhere already. 
Like they had just gone to town in there in a matter of seconds. Um, he walks out the giant hole in the side of the ship and he sees, you know, Trapper Wolf um, and uh, Captain Tebo and, out there just and by picking the way, them off. These dudes might as well have a couple uh, Mai Tais and Hurricanes just chilling, just straight chilling on their X-Wings. I mean, there is like... You know, this is another day yeah. at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville for Carson Peva and Trapper Wolf. I mean, they are just so relaxed firing at these disgusting ice spiders. Yeah. They pick them all off. Um, director squadron to the rescue. Um, you know, so they, they help them out. And as they're once they get done picking off the spiders, um, you know, they basically said, oh, look, there's a warrant out for your arrest for releasing. You're a terrible person. <laughs> it's basically yeah it, well there was a warrant out for his arrest for freeing uh the prisoner from um chapter six in X season six, one nine, the 11, twilight quinn yes quinn yeah, quinn for freeing quinn but then also in that same uh episode he also captured three others that had outstanding warrants and the video evidence basically proved that he tried to help uh lieutenant davin and save him from being killed. Very cool tie-in yes. to season four, yes. by the way. Um, you know, it, I thought it was interesting, and they were like, you know, he's uh, like, so am I under arrest? And they were like, you should be. The, but they go, <laughs> right. you should be, but these are trying times. And, right. they, so and I good. think that's the thing, is that they recognize, like, you did a bad thing, but you also did, like, some other good things. So that, you know, in the in the the grand scheme of things they kind of counteracted each other so right uh anyway I, it was uh, go ahead i like that that new republic uh correctional transport was called the bothan five uh they mm. kind of honored the bothans who who, had, who bothans died, died to bring us that uh manny bothan who's that manny <laughs> bothan's a good friend of mine <laughs> I thought it was interesting, though, because Mando, he tried to barter with them, which I, I don't know if you guys caught that, but he basically said he, oh, yeah. he was like, um, for the three people he caught, he goes, well, how about I forgo the bounties on the three that I caught um, and you give me a hand with this ship? Um, and they were basically like, no, we already have those people in custody. We don't have to pay you anything. <laughs> and so... Yeah. Uh, he didn't have a leg to stand on in the bartering. It was a nice try, but then, you know, they were like, well, how about you get a transponder on that ship and then this won't happen again? <laughs> and they just Classic. left him. Classic. And they just left him Classic. there. Um, yeah, I thought that was really weird that they saved him and then left him for dead in his busted open, barely flyable ship. That they, you know, they saved his life. They saved his life. I mean, it's It was probably a little bit of a matter of trust, I guess, because n knowing what they know about him at this point, you know, you broke a prisoner free, but you, for some reason, you turned on the other three and put him in, in jail, right? And then when we tried to talk to you earlier, you fled and you didn't, you know what I mean? Like, why did you flee? So I think that's... Which they, he should have just told him that they actually blew up the guy that he freed, so... Yeah, yep, it's all that's true. sort of a wash in the end. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think if he'd have said, you know, look, I, I've got a passenger. We're just transporting her over to this planet to be with her husband. Her eggs are on here. I don't know. Maybe it would have worked. Or they could have landed on that planet just so that they could verify and then take off. I don't know. Um, but it, the bartering was kind of interesting. So they get back into the ship. Um, he basically tells 
frog lady and the child, look, we're all going to, you know, get in the cockpit. I'm going to seal it up. It's about the only way that we have a chance to get off this thing. Um, if you need to use the privy, you should do that now because we're going to be in that cockpit for a while. Um, he didn't refer to it as the refresher, which I thought was interesting. Um, and then, you know, as as they're, you know, get on the ship, he starts to like go to sleep. Frog lady. Mando looks back at frog lady or uh, the child looks back at frog lady. You know, she kind of hugs the eggs a little bit tighter um, and she goes to sleep. And then child kind of looks back forward again and then sneaks one more egg for a uh, late night snack uh, before He's he starving. goes to sleep. So nobody feeds him. Yep. And then you see the ship just kind of, you know, discombobulated flying through the air towards the planet. So the next planet, I, the next episode should be a continuation of this one where he is actually getting the passenger where she needs to go. You know, you know, I, I read an interesting tweet from Jonah Marie, who is uh, someone I followed for a while on Twitter. And she came to the realization that these episodes, these chapters of The Mandalorian are their their point of view stories. They're not, you know, like Clone Wars where you're going to get a Kiati Mundi biopic and then you're going to get a Rift Hampson um you know, swimsuit contest and then it bounces back to Anakin and Ahsoka. What we're going to get is the point of view of the Mandalorian. So yeah, we're going to get a, we're going to get a a very quick continuation. We're not going to bounce around to a Moff Gideon side quest or a Cara Dune, whatever. I mean, this is like, so yeah, we, I think we're going to, it's going to be right after this. You're going to get to see the second uh, fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy, the razor crest, kind of pull into Trask or whatever that planet is with the boat trawler and the weak ways mm-hmm. and, or not weak ways, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, um, man, it's been a long episode. Squidheads. Squidheads. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, Corn, corn, corn. Thank corn, you. Corn, yes. corn, corn. My God. Um, so yeah, I mean, listen, I, I can't wait to see where this goes. I thought this episode was good. Please don't hit me with the, it was filler. Cause it wasn't, it was, uh, it was an exciting episode and really love to see the interplay. Uh, they, I mean, listen, they must have heard our Razorcrest react show when I was complaining about the lack of alien voices and subtitles. Definitely. Um, <laughs> yes. So thank you, Dave Filoni and Java Farrow yes. for listening they, to Razorcrest. They did react. troll you a little bit though. How's that? Because both aliens we heard talk in this episode talked to your girl, Amy Sedaris. <laughs> and yeah, she's fluent in both the, she's the, the alien bug whisperer. language and the, the frog language. Where was uh, where was Docking Bay 94's attendant? I would like to see the the attendant for that Docking Bay in The New Hope. Uh, I would love to see who that person is and if they're as crazy as Pelimato. I mean, I got to imagine this that is, they got to be well-versed in every... Oh, anybody that works in those ports has to know just about every language that comes in there. Probably. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, hey, listen, you can be like John Favreau and Dave Filoni and hang out with us. Razor Crest reacts every Friday night at 730 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook as we cover all the cool the kids are doing it. Yeah, that's yep. right. Subscribe. And I'm very excited for Chapter 11. We are just a day away after we release this episode will be a day away. But we're a couple days away right now. I'm ready. Yeah. Can't wait till Friday. I'm ready to get wet. Ready to get wet. I don't want to get chased by spiders. Sasha, no, Sasha okay. Banks. Coming. Okay, 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 okay. So we had the giant dragon space worm 
in the first episode, aka mm-hmm. Godzilla. We had giant spider in this last chapter here, and I forget what the spider was called in Godzilla. Are we going to get a sea monster yeah. in chapter eleven? Big goober yes. fish. I think we might. Is it inevitable that now he has to battle a friggin' sea monster? Like, is this dude gonna get a nap? Is he ever gonna nap? Is he ever gonna rest? So the the question is: Is it gonna be like Megalodon, or is it gonna be like the Kraken? That's it, Megalodon. That's it. Do you think That's if the they're one. if they're on like an ocean planet like that? Do you remember um, on Camino, the the native the Kaminoans would fly on those uh, yeah, things that yeah. like pop out of the water and they could like yeah. literally fly on them? Do you think we'll get some of those? I could I, I could see that. I- I, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, but I think there's going to be another creature feature. Mm, yeah. How long until we don't get a creature feature? That's my thing. He does, a lot, of mon- when are he we does a lot of monster hunting. I guess he does. The Wait. monsters hunt him. It's also the first episode is also a zombie film because Boba Fett returns from the dead. Ah. Boo. <laughs> And with that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up our two episode recap of The Mandalorian chapter nine and ten. Going forward, we're going to do one episode per deep dive. We got backed up last week. Sorry. And, you know, things happen. And I will say that if you're still with us on this episode, thank you yeah. very much. Because, it, yeah, it is a extensive deep dive episode. But I have some food waiting for me. Chris, you ready always have food after you're like, I, this is, this is part of, this is like your pre-dinner special. The f- recording. You're always <laughs> I'm like, actually going to eat dinner too. <laughs> and pond water. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to eat. So with that, we're going to blow this thing and go home. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. I got a really good feeling about this. There we go. We concluded the deep dive of Chapter 9 and Chapter 10 of The Mandalorian, and we are very excited for Chapter 11 coming up. Yes, Boba Fett is still alive, confirmed in my heart, whether or not you believe your sources on the internet, wherever you're getting your information from. I'll tell you that Boba Fett is indeed alive in my heart. And... I'm very excited to see what happens in this ocean planet, and maybe we will get a reveal of uh, another new character, whoever it may be. I have a feeling we're going to finally meet whoever Sasha Banks is in this upcoming episode. That'll be cool, no matter what happens. My money's on. It's a Mandalorian without the armor hiding. Uh, We'll see what happens. We'll see what comes true. I also think that Baby Yoda was not eating the eggs. I think Baby Yoda was protecting the eggs. We'll see if that theory comes true as well. Hey, who knows? I've been right sometimes. I've been wrong a lot. Don't matter. I'm having fun doing it. So uh, (laughs) if you want to hang out with us and react to The Mandalorian every week, you can join us. Razorcrest reacts 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube and Facebook. You can subscribe to Star Wars Friends Podcast just by searching Star Wars Friends Podcast on YouTube. Nice and easy. You can find us on there. And uh, we're going to have a special guest this week, Mr. Mark Newbold from Star Wars Insider Magazine and Fanta Tracks. He is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So this should be a fun one. 
If you want to hang out with the show, you can find us on social, SW Friend Show. That's at SW Friend Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can email the show, show at StarWarsFriends.com. You can find me on social media at no one is Chris. Where can they find you guys? This is Josh. Uh, I'm a general. I the Battle of Tanab. Battle of Tanab on Instagram and Twitter. He pulls little maneuvers all the time. This is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at I am the Bendu, as I am the physical embodiment of the Force. <laughs> Ooh. This is Kyle, and I am KB underscore Legend on Twitter and Instagram and whatever other social media, probably. Oh, yeah, Little Maneuvers. That's Josh's new rap name, so I'm very excited about that. It's because I'm short. Little Maneuvers. Little Maneuvers. Cannot wait for that that album to drop. So, (laughs) Very cool. All right, so this was a good exploration. Uh, In Mando, we trust this is the way, all that good stuff, and we are going to end this episode in classic fashion. May the Force be with you. And also with you. I did the new one. (laughs) This is a new one. I like it. All right. Later. Hey, friends. Don't forget to subscribe to the Star Wars Friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on. Catch up on past episodes, fun interviews, and more at StarWarsFriends.com. Connect with the Star Wars Friends on social media at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you.